welcome back to the Spoil Season Podcast. I'm your host, John Contreras, with my amazing co-host, Adam Garcia. And we're back again with, surprisingly, a shit ton of news for once. We have a lot to talk about for this one, man. We had the trade deadline, which was the craziest trade deadline in NFL history. We got Steve Nash being fired, and then a shit ton more to talk about. Mm-hmm. I guess, should we start it off with the, uh, you want to start with the trade deadline first, or you want to go over week eight? Let's start, let's start with the trade deadline. Alright, the trade deadline first. So, I, I think we already know about the McCaffrey move, we know about the Robinson move, so let's get into the deals that happened on the trade deadline. So, the first one was the Baltimore Ravens getting linebacker Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears for their linebacker, A.J. Klein, a 2023 second-round pick and a 2023 fifth-round pick. What do you think? I think this is a very, like, high-risk, high-reward move for the, the Ravens because, like, you obviously know that that Roquan Smith is on a contract deal and and Ryan Poles offered um, Roquan $120 million. That could be more, and he said no to that. And keep in mind... He wants a big contract as a linebacker while they also need to pay Lamar. And this is clearly a win-now move, but, like, he's, he's and he's going to be a better option than Patrick Quinn because he sucks. And he'll make their defense a lot better, but, like, I feel like it's just going to be, like, a rental at most. I don't think that... I think if, like, the Ravens... I, I, I feel like the Ravens are just going to have to choose between, like, who they want to keep between, like, Lamar and Rogue One. And obviously going to pick Lamar, right? right? You would have to be... Like so high on something, high on shrooms. If you if you want to pick broke one, but but yeah, I'm surprised that, that like that the Bears didn't get a little more. I would have asked for a fourth instead of a fifth, but you know, but you know that it's a good enough deal for for them. And I and I think this is the right move for the Bears because because I feel like they should just blow up their team and you know just start from scratch with Justin Fields. But yeah, I I think that is, I think. That the Bears are probably gonna get the better, the better of the trade, in my opinion. I completely agree because I agree exactly what you said. This is probably an eight-game rental for the Ravens, right? So they grab the league's leading tackler right now, that is Roquan Smith. He's leading the league in tackles, playing for a new contract, and now he gets shipped off to the Baltimore Ravens, a team that will most likely make the playoffs. So. Yeah, they're going to be there for eight games, he is. And, yeah, as you said, Lamar Jackson is also a free agent, and they're going to have to pay him the fucking bag. And now, Roquan Smith, remember, does not have an agent, and neither does Lamar. So you are dealing with two of those people now that don't have agents and are representing themselves. So you keep that in mind. So I believe, yeah, Roquan will probably be on the Ravens after this year uh, but for the Bears uh, yeah I would have liked a little bit more I mean like we're gonna get into another tree that they did and you know we'll talk about that but anyway like I would have asked her first for Roquan but uh, I see a second is still good value and then yeah probably a little more than a fifth as well I agree with that then you also get AJ Klein which uh, fuck whoever and then, yeah, that's basically it for them. Um, 
I would say, yeah, the Bears are probably going to get the better end of this deal because, you know, they're getting a second-round pick out of it, while Roquan may or may not be a Raven after the end of the year. Yep, so moving on next to an in-division trade, which, yeah, you never almost see that, but the Minnesota Vikings acquired TJ Hawkinson from their rival Detroit Lions which sends TJ Hawkinson to Minnesota. They also get a 2023 fourth round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth round pick, while Detroit is getting a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick. So this came as a shocking move because, you know, like Adam said, you never see division trades. And especially since it's TJ, TJ Hawkinson, which... Like, he didn't, like, ask for a trade for nothing. Like, I don't think he had any problems with the team. I think that, like, the fucking team just, like, just straight up trades him while, while they can for some reason. But I, I like the move for the Vikings because, like, you know, Irv Smith isn't really working out at, at tight end. So you need a better tight end for, for, like, a better pass catcher. Then you get TJ Hawkinson and two-fourths somehow. That's good value. So, so you have him with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and, and Dalvin Cook, an explosive offense that's going to be held back by, by Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so I, I think this will help the Vikings out a lot since, like, you know, they're 5-1. There's the second season in the division at the time of this recording. And they're on a good win streak right now, and this and this will help them contend, like, contend right now. And, you know, for the Lions side, I don't really understand the move because, like, I don't think there's a need to trade them. I feel like you could have waited for this trade. Probably got a, probably could have got like a little more and no probably not a little more you probably like you probably like um didn't have to give away those forts so i think that was a little too much that, that the vikings got but yeah i don't think this is a good trade for the lions as you know there's like no reason to trade him like they like and he has golf throwing <laughs> throwing them so it's obviously bad but, like um yeah, I, did, I just don't see any reason why the Lions would, would trade him, but but it's a good thing for the Vikings because, you know, they, they got a new pass catcher way better than fucking Irv Smith, and he'll help them, and he'll help them contend right away, and he's, st- and he's still under contract for, I think, a, in the two years. I don't know about that. Well, yeah, something like that, a year or two years, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I like the trade a lot for the Vikings. I mean, you are getting your tight end replacement for Irv Smith, who is injured, and he's out for 8 to 10 weeks. That's why they made the move. So, you let Tyler Conklin go. He's in New York with the Jets. You now commit to Irv Smith, and he gets injured. So, you make the move in the in-division trade. Again, a shocker. But yeah, you acquire one of the best tight ends in the league, man, TJ Hawkinson, which, you know, the Lions offense was number one in the league for like the first three weeks, and he was a big part of it, you know. Now he's going to the Vikings, who are all in this year. I mean, their offense has looked pretty good so far. Kirk Cousins hasn't been too bad, actually. And then we all know Justin Jefferson is that guy. He is incredible, one of the best receivers in the league. And you now add another weapon at the tight end position in Hawkinson, who already almost has more yards than he did last year. Wow. So, yeah, very good weapon 
for the Vikings to add and make the offense even stronger, give Kirk another weapon, it's a very good trade. Um, again, if I had to say who won it, I would say the Vikings actually won it because you got two forts as well. I don't know how they got that, to be honest. But still, giving up a second kind of hurts, but you're getting a very good player and two forts as well in return. Next up happening was... I'm not going to lie, I didn't expect Chase Claypool to get traded, but he did. And he is going to the Chicago Bears for a 2023 second round pick. (laughs) Oh my god. So, so this is unexpected, like Adam said, but... Like, why the fuck would you give up a second round pick for fucking Chase Claypool out of all people? He's like... He's like he's not bad, but he's also not good if you know what I mean. Like he's he's still he still has some years to prove himself, but like he doesn't really improve that much. And, and plus, retarded Burns over here just like was like, "Yo, we got him, we got." <laughs> just like like you must be like being the Bears fan right now. It's just it's just like a miserable experience. And the reason why the and the reason why the Bears even got him in the first place is because like it's because like the fucking Packers also also offered him a second, but what the Bears pick is obviously you know is obviously better, so you take that deal. But like if it's if it's gonna make a difference, no, it's not because it's fucking Chase Claypool. Like it's he's definitely their their best receiver over fucking Nikhila Harry and Darnell Mooney and all those people. And he, I don't, I don't think he'll help out the offense that much since the offense line is really shit and and Fields is actually trying to run. But like, I don't think he'll help out the offense because like, because like he always puts in like questionable effort in my opinion sometimes. And and yeah, like in the Steelers, you know, you get get a second, get a second, and that's just a miracle at that point. I think the Steelers won that trade just off that. I completely agree with almost everything you said. I don't think he's better than Darnell Mooney, though. But anyway, like, he only has 300 yards this year. Uh, in all the games that he's played, he's averaging less than 10 yards per reception, one lone touchdown on the year. Uh, yeah, the Bears fleece their ass. I mean, I mean the Steelers fleece their ass, my bad. But yeah, Chase Claypool, I mean, he's not bad or anything like that. But, you know, still a young receiver from Notre Dame. I mean, he's only 25. And now you let you go to Chicago to pair up with Justin Fields, who has played really well these past two weeks. And it looks like the Bears are fully committing to Fields as their guy. By trading away, you know, uh, Roquan Smith, trading away Robert Quinn, and clearing up all this cap space and having a shit ton of draft picks in this upcoming draft. So it looks like they're going full out that Justin Fields is their guy. And now you give him another weapon in Chase Claypool. In my opinion, he's the second best receiver behind Darnell Mooney. But, you know, pretty decent core between those two. Pretty decent duo. Like, Nothing that'll wow you or nothing like that, but Darnell Mooney's a pretty good receiver, and then Claypool's like, eh, he's pretty average at everything, but not too bad, you know? So, uh, I like that they got Claypool. I mean, he's still young and all that, but giving up a second-round pick, and especially in this upcoming draft, it's just so bad. Like, 
The Bears are going to be bad. Like, that pick is going to be pretty high in the second round for the Steelers. So, not going to lie, I probably wouldn't even have gave up a third for Claypool. <laughs> like, a fourth is probably the highest I would have went for him. So, I think that uh, the Steelers clearly won this deal. Uh, and now that proves for the Steelers that George Pickens is their guy moving forward. And as he should be, right? He's shown incredible flashes, making incredible catches this year. So, I mean, it's just a great move for the Steelers. Moving away one of their three good wide receivers and now sticking with Deontay Johnson and now George Pickens to be their people and their wide receiver cores of the future. So, yeah, I would say Steelers definitely won that trade. So, next up was the Steelers again right after this, and they actually got the corner from the Washington Commanders in William Jackson and a 2025 conditional 7th round pick for only a 2025 conditional 6th round draft pick. So, it was reported before this that the Commanders weren't uh, going to keep William Jackson on the team. They were going to cut him if they didn't find a trade partner. But as you see, as you hear, they clearly did find a trade partner. So uh, I think the Steelers, I mean, obviously won this. They only had to give up a six-round pick for a guy who is a man corner, and that's what the Steelers run primarily. So he's a very good man corner, and it wasn't fitting the system in Washington. He now goes to Pittsburgh, and he'll fit that system. You know, he pairs up, and... Now you can argue he's their best corner. I don't know. The Steelers have a really bad cornerback group. But yeah, it's a pretty good trade for the Steelers. They get a pretty decent corner. Only giving up a six-round pick in 2025. I think they, without a doubt, win this trade. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Like, William Jackson, you know, was... He had it, like, before that, like, he, he was good for a year, and then he tore his ACL, and then he hasn't recovered since, basically. <laughs> like, am I wrong? Uh, I don't know. Like, he clearly wasn't what he was in Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, but, like, but like for the Steelers, you know, you have to get a decent corner. Steelers play a lot of man, and, and they need some corners after, like, they lost, you know, Steven Nelson, Joe Hayden. And now you got now you got William Jackson to come in there to be a pretty decent, pretty decent corner. Like this is not a contending move. At least I hope it's not. <laughs> but yeah, I think this I think this will help the Steelers a lot for for one on one coverage and and help their defense a lot since like the corners suck. <laughs> and and yeah, that's really all, that's really all I had to say about it. Really, it's just like the Steelers won that. The Steelers clearly won this trade. And there's some more news from the commanders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how they just gave away a six-round pick in 2025, nonetheless. Wait, hold on. You want to talk about it now? Hmm. You want to talk about Dan Snyder? Oh, okay, sure. We can talk about Dan Snyder. Uh, so it's almost confirmed that he's going to be selling the commanders. Which is going to be a rejoice of the league. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a rejoice because Dan, Dan Schneider sucks. There's a lot of shit. I don't really feel like going into it because I, I wasn't prepared for it, really. <laughs> and, 
And yeah, he's basically a man child holding on to his NFL, his favorite NFL team. He couldn't do anything with them. And and he allowed a lot of stuff going on, a lot of bad stuff going on around the people he hires, hires and and a lot of a lot of investigations, a lot a lot of racial stuff with the the old logo and name. It's just. You just need to be out of here, and plus, he was, and plus, he was acting like like the NFL. All the NFL owners hate each other, and like it's a mafia all there because because the NFL is gonna force him to sell the team. And yeah, he he tested. Yeah, it's gonna be a rejoicing league because he's a man child. Yeah, I agree. Finally, he's out of there, and he'll be forced to sell the team. Which is, the Commanders are a top ten team in value in the NFL, so he's going to begin. I think they're around like five or six billion or something like that. But yeah, anyway, moving back on with the trades, uh, we next had probably the blockbuster of the day for the trade deadline. We got. Bradley Chubb being traded from the Denver Broncos to the Miami Dolphins, and Miami also gets a fifth-round pick while they gave up their running back, which they paid to be their starter, Chase Edmonds, but uh, Ricky Moster took over the role. A 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 fourth-round pick. Man, uh, I'm just going to say it for now. The Broncos fucking won this trade. They, they did something good for once this fucking year. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, not to say Bradley Chubb is a bad player. He's a good player. I think he, I think he underperformed my expectations a little bit. A little bit. Because I expected them to be one of them the, one of the top pass rushers out of the draft. Since he broke the sack record at, from Reggie White and, at NC State. <laughs> but, yeah. There's, like, a lot of injuries. And, and, and plus, like... And plus, I think he's underperformed from expectations, in my opinion, and and I, I feel like he, I, I feel like the that sense of Broncos are not going anywhere. And Bradley, I think Brad, I don't think Bradley said anything, but I feel like he want he would want to go to a winning team, and the Dolphins, you know, look like a winning team, <laughs> and, and you know, and they need and they need an outside linebacker, slash pass rusher, and and they got and they got him right there. And that's gonna be good for the defense, which I think is still do- which is still doing good, but it makes it makes them even better. And for the Broncos side, they somehow got a fucking first round pick, which is good because you traded your first round pick to the Seahawks, which looks like it's gonna be a top ten pick. Which, <laughs> but, but yeah, at least you get a, at least you get a pick this year in the draft. So it's it's a 49ers pick, so it'll be a, probably a decent pick, I guess. I don't know. But you get a pick out, you get a first round pick, and that's really all, all that matters to me. Like, the, I think the Broncos won this trade. I don't, I don't care about Chase Edmonds, even though, like, actually, no, Chase Edmonds, he'll come in there, and I don't know, he'll probably, he'll probably be the starter since Melvin Gordon is just bad. But yeah, but yeah, um, and also since Javante's off for the year, but yeah, I think this is good. I think the Broncos clearly won this one. Yeah completely agree. I did not think any team would give up a first round pick for Bradley Chubb. I personally wouldn't. I would have gone as high as, uh, you know, a team willing to contend like the Dolphins like a a second round, you know. That's what I would have gave up for Bradley Chubb and no, they gave up their first round pick from the 49ers 
that they got. So it's probably not going to be that high because I still believe 49ers are going to be a good team this year, even though they're 4-4 four and four right now. But Miami, you get an outside linebacker, pass rusher, and Bradley Chubb, who had 12 sacks his rookie year. Really, really promising. But, I mean, he's only had 13 cents then. I mean, like, they went, he's only had 13 cents, which won in the following year, which he only played four games, so whatever. In 2020, he had seven and a half. And then last year, while he played in seven games, he had zero sacks, but this year he has five and a half already. So, yeah, I mean, he's having a decent year, I guess you can say. But, no, nah, this was obviously a win-now move for the Dolphins. They think that they can contend right now. Uh, that's up to you if you want to, like, believe that they can contend or not. But this is a contending move. And, you know, giving up one of their firsts is really, really, really risky, man. Because I would prefer to keep that first-round pick and draft a young stud in the first round over giving Bradley Chubb a huge-ass deal, which you know he's going to ask for. And he's obviously not your best pass rusher, but still, like, do you really want to give him that huge-ass contract? We'll see what they do. Also, the Emmanuel Ogba contract is looking so bad for them right now. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah, Chase Edmonds will probably start for the Broncos because, you know, as you said, Melvin Gordon sucks and he likes to fumble a lot. Especially this year, I think he has like five fumbles or some shit like that. But yeah, I, Broncos easily win this trade, which I mean, they finally want to trade because shit, the rusty oil ain't looking like that at all, man. But let's move on to a surprising trade as well. And the Jaguars trading for Calvin Ridley from the Falcons, and they get Calvin Ridley giving up a 2023 fifth round pick and a 2024 second round pick. I think that that the Jaguars clearly won this trade trade because let me give you guys a little bit of a backstory. Like, if you wonder why, like, oh, where's Calvin, Calvin Ridley? Why isn't he playing? Or, like, what happened? What the hell happened to him? He's not injured. He doesn't have anything going on with him. He's suspended for gambling. Forget for gambling on his own team. That's really it. <laughs> That's really it. That's why he's gone for a whole year. But, but other than that, I think it's a good trade for for the Jaguars. You know they need that top receiver because you know fucking Marvin Jones isn't that. And, and we all know damn well Christian Kirk like for the first three weeks is trying to be that, but he, we all know damn well he's not. And you know Calvin Ridley, he's a good number one receiver when he when he was healthy. When he when I say when he okay, whatever when he was playing, you know for the Falcons, and obviously he was a very good number two. When he was when he was a number two, when Julio was there, but he's a very good receiver. I like his route running a lot, and and, and I think he'll benefit Trevor a lot since he actually has that bona fide number one receiver. Well, only only yeah, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I think. But yeah, he'll definitely be their best receiver, and this is a clear upgrade. And he's still fairly young. I think he's like twenty eight, about to enter his. He's in his prime right now. So I think this will be a good trade, and it will help Trevor a lot. And yeah, I think they they need this. And for the Falcons, you get you just basically just cut cut your costs, cut your losses at that point. That's basically what it was for them. Yeah, I mean, getting a second round pick, especially from the Jags, because 
the Jags probably still won't be too, too good in 2024. So you're getting a pretty decent second-round pick there for Calvin Ridley, who already didn't want to be there. You know, so he is suspended, as you said, for gambling on his own team. And it was literally a game against the Jaguars. So that's just fucking players. And now he is a Jaguar. So I heard this thing from Dan Orlovsky. I'm pretty sure it's from Dan Orlovsky that he said that uh, Calvin Ridley can be the wide receiver that impacted Trevor Lawrence like how Stephon Diggs impacted Josh Allen. You know, I'm not too sure about that, but Calvin Ridley is a very good receiver when he was on the field, especially in 2020 where he posted 1,300 receiving yards, nine touchdowns. I mean, he was incredible that year. So that's whenever he took over the wide receiver one role as well. And now, after being suspended for the whole year, bullshit, but yeah, they suspended him a whole year. So... He's now, he can't play the rest of the year, obviously, so they got to wait for next year to do this, but he'll immediately become the wide receiver one, and the wide receiver uh, wide receiver core for the Jaguars, he ain't looking like the worst, honestly, with Ridley Kirk, who's looked pretty decent this year, and then Marvin Jones, who's always a pretty decent receiver, one of those guys that almost every team wants to have as like a fourth or even third wide receiver on their team, so... I mean, you have some pretty decent weapons for Trevor now, who hasn't looked the greatest these past couple of weeks. So hopefully going into next year with these new weapons around him, I mean, he becomes the top 10 quarterback that I know he can be. But yeah, I think, I'm going to actually say that the Jags win this because I just think Calvin Ridley is just, uh, you know, I think whenever he returns to the field, he'll be a thousand yard receiver again like how he was in Atlanta but moving on again we have the Miami Dolphins making another trade and now is trading for running back Jeff Wilson from the 49ers and they only had to give up a 2023 fifth round pick to do that yeah, like Jeff Wilson, like you know, he's he's gonna be there. Like he's gonna be the replacement for Chase Edmonds, and on a much cheaper deal, nonetheless. And I, I like this trade for them because, like you know, Jeff Wilson, when he was a starter, he was actually a pretty good fill-in for the 49ers, But for the 49ers, when like Elijah Mitchell, Trey Sermon, and all their fucking running backs were injured. <laughs> but yeah, I think he was a starter for some games this year. I think he was right. Pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was because uh like Elijah Mitchell was hurt. Yeah. But I I, th- I think he'll be a good number two for, like playing behind obviously like I, I for Raheem Oster, I blanked on his name for a second. I think he'll be a good number two for behind Raheem Oster. Like he can put them in, in and out if you want, but like it's like you know this is a clear replacement for Chase Edmonds and on, on a cheaper deal and you only have to give up like not that much really so I kind of I like the trade for the Dolphins I, I think they won. Uh yeah I'm I'm completely agreeing as well I mean only giving up a fifth round pick for a 26 year old running back who's averaging five yards per carry right now yeah I'll fucking take that in a heartbeat man. So, especially a team who needed a running back. I mean, like, Raheem Mostert isn't the worst and all that, but Jeff Wilson has been playing well this year. 
They just got Christian McCaffrey, so their running back is set in stone with McCaffrey. They are getting Elijah Mitchell back, so yeah, Jeff Wilson was on the block, and they, the Dolphins capitalize on it. So you now have a pretty decent running back duo between Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. I actually think Jeff Wilson's going to start over Mostert because they just traded away a pick to get him. And, you know, Mostert was there to be the backup anyway, so I'm going to say that Wilson actually starts. And I think it'll actually be pretty good. I mean, Miami is has a for-sure top-10 offense. I mean, Tua's looking incredible this year. Tyreek Hill is leading the league in receiving yards by a mile. Jalen Waddle is Jalen Waddle. I mean, he's incredible. And then the offensive line hasn't been too, too bad. But, yeah, this is mainly just a uh, check-down guy for Tua as well. He's good at receiving good receiving back and then obviously like I said earlier averaging five yards per carry so it's a pretty good trade I think the Dolphins easily win this trade and another trade between these teams but yeah I'm gonna say Miami wins it and then now we have coming up we had the Buffalo Bills trading for running back Naheem Hines from the Indianapolis Colts they got Naheem Hines while they traded their now third-string running back, Zach Moss, and a conditional 2023 fifth-round pick. You know, I think that I, I like this bill. Uh, what the hell? Um, I, I like this trade for the Bills a lot since, like, Naheem Hines, you know, is a very fast running back. He, he, he plays punt turner, so he can be a very good receiving back, and that'll benefit a lot. Since you know Josh Allen, you're in an offense with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis and all those people, like it's going to be a passing offense. They're going to be running by the pass, and they like that receiving back that they could reliably reliably go to because like James Cook is clearly not that, and we know, we all know Devin Singletary isn't that good. So I I think this will benefit a lot for the Bills for that, and and I forgot what the Colts guy. <laughs> Uh, they got Zach Moss in the fifth. For Zach, Zach Moss. Okay, yeah, they fucking yeah, they clearly won. Like Zach Moss, like you know when he did play, he was he, he was bad. I don't know. He, he, I think he's bad, but <laughs> but yeah, and you and you give him a fifth, which is still not that much. But I like this trade for the Bills. I think they won. I think the Bills won as well. Yeah, Zach Moss isn't the best running back. He was the third on the depth chart with the Bills because Singletary hasn't been like doing too bad especially these past couple games and the one against the Packers this past Sunday night and then you had the rookie that you drafted in the second round James Cook who fumbled on his first carry and then just really hasn't done too much since then so it's mainly been Devin Singletary you know getting the most of the carries you know eventually you'll see some uh, James Cook in there, and then you hardly saw Zach Moss. So now Zach Moss goes to Indianapolis, where I'm sure he'll get more carries here, even though they have Jonathan Taylor. But still, I mean, Zach Moss is a pretty good running back to have, especially because Jonathan Taylor got hurt again and may or may not play this this Sunday coming up. So, I mean, there's that pretty decent trade. I think the Bills win it, though, easily. Well, I'm seeing. I don't think there's any more important trades to talk about. Those mainly the main trades of the trade deadline. You have another one. Um, if you can 
give me a minute. I can probably find one. We can talk about it for more time. But like, um, I mean, I have the other three pulled up here, but you know, I just don't think it's worth talking about. You, you what? You don't? You don't want? <laughs> like, what, what? Do you want to talk about? Like, it's like uh, Jacob Martin going to the Broncos, Rashad Fenton going to the Falcons. I mean. Uh, yeah, going to the Falcons and then Dean Marlowe to the Bills. That's it. Bro, Dean Marlowe, bro, Dean Marlowe, like after you gave that Hail Mary, they just traded him. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Oh my god. We can talk about how the Cowboys fumbled. I mean, you know, the Cowboys fumbled. Because they almost got Brandon Cooks. Yeah, we did almost got we did almost get Brandon Cooks. Yeah, apparently it's because uh, there weren't two or three more minutes, and it was because Cooks is like eighteen million or whatever. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know, but like, yeah, we can move on. All right, man, that did it for the trade deadline, craziest trade deadline in NFL history. I mean, and that doesn't even like talk about the Christian McCaffrey trade and all the trades before that. So, yeah, that was just for the ones that happened on that day. So, anyway, next up, we're going to recap the Week 8 games and give our predictions for Week 9. So, first off was, let's see here, it was the Thursday night game between the Ravens and the Buccaneers in Tampa, and the Ravens won 27-22 over the Bucks, and they moved to 5-3. Lamar and the Ravens were down at halftime. I, yeah, they were down 10-3 uh, and a half, and then just scored 24 unanswered in the second half. You know, Tom Brady and the Bucks tried to make it a game at the end, but ultimately it was just too little too late. I mean, Lamar in total had 280 yards, two touchdowns throwing. And then in this game, you know, it wasn't too much of the Ravens running it as much. I mean, obviously, Gus Edwards and Kenyon Drake had pretty good days themselves. But it was about their tight end. Mark Andrews went down in the first half. So it was time for the rookie tight end, Isaiah Likely to step up and he did just that I mean he had he had a touchdown he had over 70 receiving yards I mean he did just that he filled in just well for Mark Andrews that was really for the Ravens they're in the second half you know they just took off with the offense and I mean they just cannot be stopped the Bucks defense couldn't do anything Tom Brady posted a lot of garbage time stats I mean like he had a touchdown at the end for net had a touchdown somehow because they're still just the worst running team like possibly I've ever seen like they cannot run the ball for shit at all Mike Evans had a really great day over 100 yards Chris Godwin had 70 Tom had over 300 passing yards and then their defense just well it was great in the first half while only giving up three in the first half and then just letting them fucking score touchdown after touchdown in the second half which they scored on every single possession that they had in the second half. All right, so <laughs> the Ravens, you know, they win, and this officially solidifies that Lamar Jackson is the only undefeated quarterback to is the only one undefeated against Tom Brady. 
I just want to say that. But um, Lamar, you know, like he had a, I think he had a good game. You know, I think he did better. He did better than most of them. I mean, he didn't fucking joke. So I'll take it for them. <laughs> and running game wasn't really too bad either. Like I actually kind of liked how they how they ran. You know, it was pretty good. They couldn't stop it really. And then and then as you said, Isaiah likely did pretty good for Mark Andrews. And then and then for the Ravens defense, um. You almost let them come back in garbage time, which is kind of bad. But you did well mostly, so I, you did you did okay. And I don't think it's well, like yeah, but like, and, and for the Buccaneers, you know, Tom Brady he didn't play that good, even though the stats say he played he had a decent game, but he didn't play good at all. He, he was pr- probably the reason why they lost, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, um, he was probably the reason why they lost. And then, you know, they can't fucking run. They they try. Well, they, well in this game, they didn't try. But when they do try, it, it doesn't fucking work. And and then for receiving, Mike Evans went off. But Chris Godwin had a big game as well. And then for the Bucks defense, you know, they did they played well in the first half and then shit the bed in the second half. You know, but... This really shows that that the Ravens are clearly are right now a better team than the Bucks, as the Bucks are right now are two games under five hundred for the first time in Tom Brady's career. Wait, no, I'm gonna wait. No, Tardy, shut up. Oh my God. Okay, whatever. But yeah, I think I was wrong about that one. But you can correct me if you want. But yeah, but the Bucks aren't really going well. They they can't they can't pass. They can't move on offense. They can't run the ball. And that just they. And they have to rely on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin the one time. This, like this team is clearly a shell of the former Super Bowl winning themselves and, and, and almost being the Rams last year. You know, this team is a clear shell of the former selves. Yeah, I mean Brady just having to check the ball down because he has no time and all that because their offensive line is really bad. But next up, we had our final game in London this year between the Broncos and the Jaguars, man. Yeah, this was an entertaining game. In Wembley Stadium in London, man. And it was the Broncos getting the dub over the Jaguars 21-17 on a final drive game-winning touchdown by the Broncos. And it was Latavius Murray, I believe, that got the final touchdown. I'm going to check for sure to make sure I'm right. And yeah, it was the Tavis Murray. Oh, Tavis Murray at the end, a two-yard touchdown to win it for the Broncos because the Jags almost had like no time after. And then uh, Trevor threw that interception on literally the first play whenever they got the ball back to go on the game-winning drive. And Trevor, the first play, throws an interception and that seals it. He had a really bad one earlier to Justin Simmons in the end zone where they were about to score and then just, you know, just threw it right to him. He literally just leapfrogged and fucking grabbed that shit out of the air. Trevor, he did really bad. I mean, like, he almost did nothing well besides that touchdown drive to Evan Ingram, which was a beautiful throw. But other than that, like, there's literally almost nothing to talk about for the Jaguars passing-wise because... They were just running the ball the whole time with their number one running back because they traded James Robinson. They are now second-year player, Travis Etienne. He got 24 carries in this game, over 150 yards rushing, 
and a touchdown. He did great while they just could not pass the ball at all. And then the Broncos side, Russell Wilson, the stats show like he had like a mid game or whatever, but like he did uh, like all right, I guess you can say. I mean, again, he led the game winning touchdown drive. And that, that was the Russell Wilson we were thinking of in Denver. And then, you know, he led the uh, game-winning touchdown drive. He had the touchdown to Jay Judy earlier. He had that long-ass fucking pass to uh, their tight end. I keep forgetting the tight end's name. But, yeah, anyway. And then their defense for the Broncos just showed out again. Again, two picks, like I said. Justin Simmons got one and then K1 Williams to end it. And then their defense, I mean, they couldn't stop the run for shit, but they were able to make Trevor look very, very bad in this game. Yeah, fi- finally, the, finally, Broncos country got got to ride because they finally got a fucking win. They finally scored over fucking 14 points for one time. And yeah, like Russell Wilson, you know, I think he played shit. I didn't think he played that well again, but they won. But that's all that matters at the end of the day, right, Adam? Yeah, I mean, like the rushing game didn't really go well. Besides that game-winning drive, Latavius Murray got a touchdown. I think Melvin Gordon got one. I think, if I'm correct. Yeah. And then, and then for receiving, like Greg Dol, how do you say it? Dolchich? Yeah, it's like I keep forgetting how to say his name. I, yeah, but like I, I'm gonna say it's Dolchich. I'm pretty sure. And, yeah, Greg Dolchich let them in receiving. Jerry Jerry G got a touchdown, and Justin and for defense, you guys did pretty well. You made Trevor look bad, and Justin Simmons and who's King Kawan Williams got a pick, so that's good for them. Like they made Trevor look really bad, and <laughs> and the Broncos defense has still always been good. It's just their fucking offense sucks. And then for, and then for the Jaguars side, we I think we over overreacted to Trevor Lawrence's early our early early start. You know, had a bad game, two interceptions, just all around bad game. Travis Etienne almost won the fucking game because he's amazing, under fifty six yards, touchdown. Evan Ingram caught a touchdown, he didn't drop it for once. And for the defense, you're fucking bad because he lost to the Broncos, so you should be ashamed of themselves. Besides, besides, besides Tyson Cam, we got an interception. Yeah, he did. And yeah, they were getting to Russ a little bit as well. But next up, we had a crazy-ass game. This was... Oh my god, this game right here. I was watching this shit. And I, was ha- I was having fun, and I didn't think I would between these two teams. The Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. And the Falcons didn't fucking choke, man. They won 37-34 to to take number one place in the NFC South, now 3-5, because the winner of this game would have taken over first place in the NFC South. The Falcons won. They are now first place with the fourth seed in the NFC currently right now. So, yeah, I mean, this was just an offensive clinic, especially in the second half. I mean, the Falcons were up. 14-10 14-10 at halftime for the ice coin at half. And then in the fourth quarter, I mean, it was all Panthers. I mean, the Falcons scored as well. I mean, they scored 13. But still, P.J. Walker and the Panthers, huh? we had to talk about that. It was without a doubt the throw of the year with about, like, 12 seconds left or I mean, something around that time. 
12 seconds left. PJ Walker just throws it up on a fucking dime beauty pass to DJ Moore. And he catches a Hail Mary. I mean, albeit two people around him, but still, I mean, in double coverage. And it was a perfect throw by PJ Walker. DJ Moore comes down with it and scores what they thought the game winning touchdown to put the Panthers in first place in the NFC South. And then DJ Moore pulled off, <laughs> he fucking took, took his helmet off and that. And then started celebrating and shit. And then that caused them to get a taunting penalty. So they pushed them back 15 yards for the kick. So instead of a regular extra point, it was 15 more yards back. And Eddie Pinheiro, their their kicker, fucking missed it. So they went to overtime. And the Falcons finally won in overtime. After literally getting the ball first, Mariota threw a pick to the Panthers, and then Eddie Pinero from, like, 30-something yards missed another fucking field goal that would have won the Panthers the game. So, <laughs> they fucking missed that. The Falcons get in field goal range, and they win the game because they have one of the best kickers in the league in Young Lake Cool. But anyway, I mean, the Panthers' offense, I mean, Deontay Foreman, had over 20 carries, over 100 yards. He had three touchdowns in this game. He went crazy. DJ Moore had 152 yards. Obviously, that crazy touchdown, like I said. And then their defense. I mean, Dante Jackson had an interception on the second play of the game. CJ Henderson had the one in overtime. And he returned it to like the 20-yard line. And still, he fucking missed it. And then for the Falcons, Mariota... I mean, like, it's just a decent game besides the interceptions, of course, because he had 250 yards, three touchdowns. Caleb Huntley, their running back, had 91 yards, pretty good from him. Kyle Pitts had a crucial drop at the beginning of the game, but made up for it because he had a touchdown along with Demir Bird and Tyler Algier. Oh, that was it? Okay. <laughs> I can't believe Bro, like Adam, the fucking Panthers it would be it would be the type of people to fucking get a hell mary and they still lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and this is at oh, hold on, before I say this, and this is like, and like the Panthers also fumbled another bag too. They could have got two first down picks for Brian Burns. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they stupidly did. They decided like, nah, they we want to keep him. Good ones as well. Yeah, well, like, I, well, like, isn't that like in 2024, 2020, 2020, 2024, 2025? Yeah, but I don't think the Rams are going to be like anything and and who would have fucking like and if I would have told you that like right now, like before the season starts, that the Falcons and Panthers at one point in the season would would have been playing for them for 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 the division lead, what would you say to me? I'd say you're crazy, especially because my dumbass had the Bucks winning it all this year. I mean, come on, we all did. I mean, yeah, but like, I mean, the Bucks are just ass, dude. They're they're fucking bad. This division is probably the worst in the league right now. 
Yeah, it's like in Ohio. I'm sorry. I hate that meme. I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, um, anyway, PJ Walker, you know, he had a good game in terms of PJ Walker standards. You know, he got the Hail Mary. So that's good for him. One of the greatest ones I've ever seen. And Deontay Foreman had an amazing game. Foreman Texas running back. And then DJ Moore and then topped that as well. 150 yards of touchdown. Terrace Marshall with 87 yards. Good good games for them. And then defense should not be talked about besides Tate Jackson. Besides Tate Jackson and CJ Henderson, they both got picks, but but, then, but yeah, they should not be talked about. And then for the Fal- for the Falcons, Mariota for once to not have a Justin Fields type game, even though it was looking like that. Hey, right? Adam, it was fucking looking. Like that. <laughs> it was, man. It was. And then he turned it up. He, you know, he had the better Mariota game. You know, he threw two interceptions, but I think he's really good. He got he got the win, so that's all that matters. And then at the end of the day. Is that who the fuck is that? Caleb Huntley. That sounds like Jason Huntley, but anyway, Caleb Huntley had 91 yards. That's good for them. Kyle Pitts found the end zone for once. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like his second touchdown on American soil. Yeah, like Demir Bird and Tyler Algier as well. Also got touchdowns. And, and defense should not be talked about except for Lorenzo Carter somehow getting an interception. But. But, but like, bruh, like the fucking Falcons, like they they were about to choke the game, but fucking the game. Can't do going with the Falcons, man. <laughs> but yet they didn't. Yeah, they did because of fucking Eddie Pinero. And you know, I don't even blame DJ Moore because, like, bro, that's a normal reaction. I mean, yeah, like he pulled off a hail mary to give them the fucking lead in their division. Well, what we thought at the time would, and then fucking Panero fucking missed it. I mean, you're an NFL kicker. Come on, you gotta make that shit. Yeah. So then Mario gave him another chance to fucking win, and and they lost. And then and then the form and the legend Young Hoku. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I just like saying it like that. But Young Hoku kicked the field goal to win them the game and take first in the NFC South and take and take and take first place and no and no and no shut up and the Ohio division so I hate I, I hate myself right now but I'm going on. God. all right we'll move on next to a even more high scoring game to the Chicago Bears and the Dallas Cowboys where the Cowboys won 49 29 <laughs> over the Bears for the Bears side of things, Justin Fields, I'm not going to lie, this is the best game I've seen from Justin Fields ever. Like, from his his whole time in the NFL so far, this is the best game I've seen from him. He only missed six throws. He had 17 completions. Again, this is the Dallas defense we're talking about, one of the best defenses in the league. He had 150 passing yards. He had 60 rushing yards also, a rushing touchdown on a read option. And then two touchdowns, one of them to, it was uh, Cole Komet, who finally got his first touchdown in, like, fucking, I think, of the season. And then Nikhil Harry, Darna Mooney led him with 70 receiving yards. And then Khalil Herbert had 99 rushing yards to go along with a touchdown. And then their defense, I mean, I'm literally not even going to fucking mention them besides Eddie Jackson. Pick. I mean, and that was because CDLM didn't even try and get the ball. So, yeah, like, I mean, besides that one pick, I mean, you gave up 49 points. I mean, 
the Cowboys have a great offense, but still 49 points is unacceptable. Speaking of the Cowboys, Dak Prescott looked incredible in this. He had 250 yards, two touchdowns. Again, the interception, which wasn't his fault at all. And then how about this shit? Listen the fuck up, Cowboys. This is what happens when you start Tony Pollard instead of Zeke. You get 14 carries only and 131 rushing yards and three touchdowns. He was fucking awesome, along with 16 receiving as well. Yeah, that's what happens whenever we have fucking Pollard as our running back instead of Zeke, man. We don't fucking need that fucker. Anyway, Dak had a rushing touchdown as well, which is the first uh, touchdown of the game. And then CeeDee Lamb had a nice touchdown, good throw from Dak. So, all around, it was a great game for them. Uh, I mean, their offense literally just couldn't be stopped. I mean, they... They had Roquan Smith at the time still. And no, they just couldn't do shit. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass from Dallas. This is looking like the Dallas offense from last year where they were number one in the league. And, you know, shout out Kellen Moore. You did a hell of a job against a Bears defense that came off of a pretty great performance last week against the Patriots. And now you put up 49 on their heads like that. So, great job. I loved seeing this. I thought we were going to fucking choke at the end. Defense for the Cowboys, though, I want to go over. I know they gave up 29 points, and this is the most points that they gave up in the season so far, which I did not think was going to be the fucking Bears. Uh, I literally, when I went back and saw this and rewatched the whole game, like, I mean, you see at least, like, fucking seven or eight misholding calls, man. I was getting so fucking pissed in the game because the Bears made it a five-point game at one point. It was at 1.23 to 28, I'm pretty sure. And I was getting so pissed because they weren't fucking calling holding calls at all. Because, you know, they were fucking holding Mike and all that because you literally have to to fucking stop him. So, yeah, I mean, they literally... They still got to feel this shit a ton of times, but still, I mean, they should have gone to him a shit ton more. They shouldn't have put up 29, because, you know, he would his ass would have been sacked a lot more. But anyway, I mean, the Cowboys just look stellar in this. Uh, yeah, that, that's really it. They, they looked incredible. Also, you forgot to mention, oh yeah, also before that, those ugly-ass jerseys! What, the, the Bears ones? Yes. Oh. Well, I mean, they've had the jerseys, it's just the helmet and shit. I don't like them fucking jerseys. And plus, Justin Fields literally turned into, like, just made a dumb play. Like, you, know, you <laughs> oh, saw that yeah. clip. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, Michael Parsons literally got his first NFL touchdown because uh, it was a good throw from Justin Fields. Like, perfect sign-on throw to David Montgomery. He almost gets first down because he broke a tackle from Trayvon Diggs, who really can't tackle. So, yeah, and then... He almost gets the first down and then fumbles. Micah Parsons picks it up and Justin Fields did one of the most stupidest fucking plays I've ever seen in my life. He literally jumps over Micah Parsons, literally doesn't even touch him at all. And it allows Micah Parsons to run it back for his first career NFL touchdown, man. That that was just incredible to fucking watch. 
man. It's just like <laughs> I don't know, man. Like to, like that, that was some goofy shit right I saw from right there from Fields. But anyway, other than that, he played. You know, he, I think he played good. You know, he played pretty good, even though he threw 150 yards. But I'll just I'll I'll, I'll okay, shut up. I oh no, I, I hate it here. Um, <laughs> it's so, oh my god. But anyway. I, I can't ever just fuck off anyway. All right, well, I'm just going to move past that. All right, Kelly Herbert. Shut up, Adam. Well, I'm not even, not even doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Herbert got, had, had basically 100 yards and a touchdown. Two fields also had a touchdown as well. And then receiving Nikola Harris and somehow caught a touchdown. And then... Cole Komet got one as well, and then the defense besides that ejection should not be talked about at all. And then for the Cowboys, Dak did pretty good. Dak did pretty good, but it's the Bears' defense, so I don't know. But And then Tony Pollard had an amazing game. That's showing why he, he's been the, the better Dallas running back. <laughs> because Zeke is just eating too much, I guess. I don't know. And then Dak Prescott, I think, got touched him as well, rushing the, from the correct right. Mm-hmm. First one in the game, yeah. And then CD got CD had a decent game, got a touchdown as well. Dalton Schultz had a decent game as well. And then the defense, other than Michael Parsons make, making a good play, uh, and, and getting a lot of getting a lot of pressure. But I feel like every team does. But um, I don't really think that there's not much to talk about for the Cowboys defense, which is kind of really shocking me to be honest. But I but. I'll leave that aside for now, but it's just shocking that the Bears scored the most points against them. That's just, I don't know, it's just something to me. But anyway, um, <laughs> we can move on now. Alright, let's move on next to the Dolphins-Lions game. So, in this game, the Dolphins won 31-27 over the Lions in a comeback effort because they held them scoreless in the second half because, remember, the Lions had 27 at halftime. 14 in the first and 13 in the second. To, and they were up 27 to 17 and a half, up two possessions. And then it was Miami just taking over in the third where they took the lead, scoring 14. It was 31-27 and then no one scored in the fourth because, you know, Miami just lost their ass down in the second half. But anyway, for Miami to start off, Tua Tungavailoa, I mean, man is balled out in this game. I mean, he had nearly 400 yards, three touchdowns. Raheem most I mean, they didn't have to run the ball at all. And then, you know, when I went back and rewatched the game, I mean, you can see so much. Tyree Hill bails him out on the deep balls, man. I mean, his deep ball accuracy and throw power is just so bad, man. It's so bad, but he still looks because just how fucking accurate he is on the short and medium throws that, like, it almost makes it go away. But still, I mean, the deep balls. Tyreek is just, I'm ready to call Tyreek the best receiver in the league. I mean, he's getting just over 160 yards, what it feels like, per game. He had nearly 200 in this game. Jalen Waddle had two touchdowns. He had over 100. Gasecki had the other one. I mean... Miami, they're top 10 offense, in my opinion. I mean, they just look unstoppable. I mean, there's not a single person in the NFL that can stop Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's incredible. And one now I call the best receiver in the league. Their defense did 
pretty good in the second half because they didn't allow any points to be scored by the Lions. And the Lions actually have a decent offense. Remember that? They're top 10 offense so far this year. And remember, they put up 27 in the first half, so it was looking pretty bad. But the defense for the Dolphins stepped up and, yeah, just really stepped up for them in the second half to hold them scoreless. Jared Goff had over 300 yards. He, he played pretty well, actually. He had a touchdown Jamal Williams because he was still the starter because the Andre Swift was his first game back. He only had six yards, but... Jamal Williams had two touchdowns. Hawkinson in his final game for the Lions led him in receiving with 80. Amron St. Brown had 70. And then DeAndre Swift found the end zone in his first game back from a receiving touchdown. Other than that, the defense, again, you have them scores in the fours, then there's that. But other than that, the first three quarters, I mean, they were just bad. Just bad. Man, leave it up to the Lions to, to fucking score 27. Was it like 27 nothing? Yeah. Like, come on. They got to a big lead. I, I like, I, I'm, I'm misremembering. I know it was 14 nothing. I think they got to a big lead. I, I might be blurring out a bit. I think I might be. But like, like, they're fucking like, like winning and then they fucking lost. It's not even a choke if it's like seven points, but like they still lost the fucking game. This is ridiculous. So Tua started the game like for the first for the first like couple drives bad, but then like other than that, they rebounded, they picked up the offense and they did amazing. Probably the best game I've ever seen from Tua in my life. And that's coming from a Tua a Tua hater. <laughs> and, and, and Raheem Mostert did not do well. So we should not be talking about. So I have a question. So you think this was his best game instead of the uh, the Ravens one earlier? Yeah. Wow. Okay. From what I remember, yeah. I I, I don't I don't remember the Ravens game that much. I'm sorry. I mean, five touchdowns, almost 500 yards. Yeah, I've seen that one since I was getting. I don't know. Probably yeah. Probably that. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Oh. But yeah, Terry Ty- Kill had an amazing game, almost 200 fucking yards receiving. Jalen Waddle, you know, he still like that, like got 100 yards and two touchdowns. Gesicki to not gritty for once. And, and then Miami defense, you did well in the second half. You know, they didn't score. You allow them to score any points, so that's pretty good for you. And yeah, that's uh, yeah. The Miami Dolphins won. That's good for them. And then for the Lions, Jared Goff. You know they're winning at first. They threw a touchdown, but other than that, they fucking just like just they, they couldn't score. Jamal Williams got two touchdowns. And then for receiving, TJ Hawkson got 80 yards and then got traded. Khalif Raymond had a decent game, and Amon Ross St. Brown had a decent game as well. But DeAndre Swift got the touchdown. And then for defense, should not be fucking talked about because they, they fucking lost in the game. So fuck the Lions defense. And they're 1-6, man. They're 1-6 after... <laughs> they're 1-6 after we, we thought... Everyone thought, like, oh, it might be improving. No, they're not. Yeah, they're not. I mean, the system and the culture seems cool over there, but, uh, yeah, they're not doing shit at all. <laughs> anyway, moving on to what a lot of people expect to be a good game, and it was. I mean, we had the Cardinals and the Vikings. The Vikings improved to 6-1 and one off this win over the Cardinals, 34-26, to in a very high-scoring game because it wasn't like that at first. It was 14-10 at half, 
third quarter is where everything took off. And then the Vikings were just able to hold on and win this game. Kyler Murray had three touchdowns. He had two picks as well, two bad picks. He led him in rushing as well with 36 yards. Receiving DeAndre Hopkins is back. I mean, he was back last week, but I mean, he is back like as one of the best receivers in the league. Like he never left. 12 receptions, 160 yards, a touchdown. Rondell Moore also nearly at 100 yards. He had the touchdowns on. And Zach Ertz with the other. Their defense, I mean, you couldn't get a pick or nothing like that. I mean, you let the Vikings put up 34 on you. But the Vikings have a pretty good offense. We know that. Kirk Cousins nearly 250 yards, two touchdowns. Dalvin Cook ran all over them with over 100 yards. I mean, they're running just killed him. I mean, like, Kirk Cousins ran for a 17-yard touchdown. Like, that's how bad it was for them to stop the run. Madison even found the end zone once as well. Jay Jettas nearly at 100 yards, and then it was actually KJ Osborne, and who the fuck is this? Johnny Mutton. Oh, Johnny Munt. Munt, that's right. Yeah, he had the other touchdown, and then... For their defense, he played well. He had two picks on Kyler, one by Harrison Smith and one with Cameron Bryan. So, yeah, pretty good from the Vikings. They improved to 6-1, and one, the number two seed in the NFC currently. So, yeah, it's a good win for the Vikings over a decent team in the Cardinals. What do you call it? Okay, I, I, I don't know. What? Bro, like, why do you call the what? What do you call the the Cardinals a decent team? But like, when the Eagles play, you call them a bad team. Yeah, you know what? You're right. The Cardinals suck. <laughs> I don't know, but like, Kyler Murray, you know, like they lost the game. But Kyler Murray, he was fucking, up. he was all over the place, in my opinion. Like those two picks were just, just awful. Just awful, and then they didn't, and then they didn't fucking try to rush them all that much because they didn't. Their top rusher had because Eno, Eno Benjamin had like nine, like nine rushing attempts, and fucking, and they didn't try to run the ball. Like, why the fuck is Kings are not trying to run? It's not trying to run, but but but, but when I say Ronda, DeAndre Hopkins had 160 yards and touchdown. Ronda Moore had a good game as well, touchdown, and then Zach Ertz also got a touchdown as well. That's good for them. Good good yards, good for the passing game, except those two picks. And then for the Cardinals defense should not be fucking talked about. Like they should not be like they did terrible, but the Cardinals defense is always kind of bad, so I guess they're kind of used to it. But anyway, for the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, you know, had a pretty good game in my opinion. He actually had a pretty good game. He didn't play, he didn't play too bad. He didn't throw a pick. He didn't like allow him to get the lead. At least I think so, if I'm correct. Uh, I don't think they did. Well, yeah, but Dalvin Cook had a good game as well, and a touchdown. Alexander Madison got a touchdown, and fucking Kirk Cousins out of all people got a rushing touchdown. Yeah, seventeen yards, crazy. <laughs> That's just disappointing stuff from there. And then Jay Jones had a good game as well. Um, Adam Zeno had a decent game as well. And then for the Vikings defense, they suck. Besides, um, Harris Smith, which got a pick, and also who the fuck Cameron Bynum is that his? Is that me? Uh, that, yeah, I think that's how I said it. Yeah, Cameron, Cameron Bynum also got a pick, but like they did fucking terrible because the Vikings defense is always terrible. That's just gonna help them back. But like, yeah, good win for the Vikings, second seed and the second seed in the NFC, and they also got TJ Hawkinson as well to add to that Mason offense. So good for them, and let's see how they do. Mm-hmm. 
Next up was a um, disappointing game here because uh, I picked this other team and they got shut out by the fucking Saints. The Saints <laughs> won 24 to nothing over the Las Vegas Raiders, man. They got <laughs> fucking shut out by the Saints, Mo. Like, this is the Saints defense I was fucking looking for. I mean, what the fuck? Derek Carr... I mean, he had 101 passing yards. Like, Jared Stidham. Like, you remember when he was on the Patriots and the Patriots players called him Stid? Yes, yeah, Stid literally almost had his, the same amount of passing yards as Derek Carr. And literally, like, no, like, Derek Carr didn't get injured and nothing like that. Like, he had a really shit interception as well. No touchdowns because, again, they didn't fucking score. Josh Jacobs only had 10 carries. Didn't do shit. Mac Hollins led him in receiving with 64. Devontae Adams, one catch for three yards. That's fucking it. It was crazy how bad that they played. I mean, it was so bad, man. The Saints defense, Dalton played pretty well. He had 230 yards, two touchdowns. Kamara running the ball wasn't the best for him. Even though he had a touchdown because he just fucking received the ball because Dalton was just checking it down to him. He had nearly 100 receiving yards and two more touchdowns receiving-wise. And that's literally all the fucking Saints had to do because their defense was just fucking locked down. Again, they didn't give up a fucking point. That was really it for this game. We'll let some missed a field goal, so they didn't say that. But this game was boring because, I mean, a team literally got shut out. There was almost no offense besides Alvin Kamara. Man, this is <laughs> oh my gosh, this is just um this is just crazy, man. That was just like a fucking crazy game because like the Raiders like are just they're bad because of bad quarterback play and also bad coaching. It's just like it's unfathomable like how disappointed they are. They would, they would, like, they would keep, like, the Raiders would, like, would be getting more coverage on how bad they were playing if the Broncos didn't exist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, the Broncos is a team that we slammed in the most on the podcast, but, but we, we don't slam the Raiders. <laughs> Dude, I'm not even kidding. They might have, like, two good players, and that's Max Crosby and Devontae Adams. And literally, Devontae Adams had one catch in this game. What about Trayvon Morig? Nah, he's not on the level of, like, Crosby. What about Josh Jacobs? Oh, yeah, Josh Jacobs has been playing well. Besides this fucking game. (laughs) (laughs) But Derek Carr is just playing back to, like, 2017-2018 Derek Carr. Just not good games at all. Jared Sim came in and almost played better, to be honest. And then Josh Jacobs did not fucking do well based on an amazing year. Mac Collins, former Eagle, um, had a decent game. And then defense should not be talked about at all. They should be ashamed of themselves because they let the Red Rocket play like the Red Rocket for once. Like fucking Andy Dalton. Like I got like a blast. Like is it just me? Like I kind of I felt like I got a blast from the past when I was watching that game. Yeah, I mean, it was just him and Kamara doing fucking everything. <laughs> yeah, man, he really turned into the Red Rifle. And then just didn't, and, and the Raiders even gonna do shit about it. And then Alvin Kamara, like, he had a good, he had a good, he had, hold on, let me start that. Um, 
Alan Kamara had a decent game rushing the ball, like 62 yards and a, and a touchdown. Taysom Hill had, had a pretty good game rushing the ball as well, 62 yards. And then Alan Kamara got two touchdowns receiving as well. Good game. And then and that's really it. And then for the second season, she'd be fucking applauded because they got, they shot out the Raiders. Ty- Tyron Matthew got a pick. And yeah, man, since they played pretty good, like, it sucks for me because it sucks for me because I'm an Eagles fan and, and they won. So I don't want them to win because we have to pick, but. But but yeah, and also and also I just want to talk about this. Like, am I crazy for like for like kind of like saying like no fuck no for for like when the Saints like ask the Eagles like hey can we get our pick back and then you'll when then you'll get Alvin Kamara. I usually would have traded that pick for Kamara. Yeah, but like yeah, but like anyway, but yeah, but yeah, this this is a good one for the Saints. Their best win so far, and the best performance of the year so far. I mean, that's a definite and. It's a pretty good win for them, and they again they need this win because they're trying to be playoff contenders. They're trying. Yeah. They're oh yeah, there's also new Jameis. Yeah, Jameis. Like he'll eventually come back, but shit, I mean, like they've won most of their games with fucking Andy Dalton. So I mean, why even make a change? But anyway, let's move on to a East matchup between. The Patriots and their sons, aka the Jets, because the Patriots have beaten the Jets. I believe it is now thirteen straight times. Uh, they won this game twenty-two seventeen, and this was the Jets. You know who I believe we both picked. Uh, I'm no, I picked, sure. the pa- I picked the Patriots. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, the Jets were five and two going into this game. Coming off some big wins, like the Packers, but, and then they shit the bed against the Patriots, mainly off one person, and that's their quarterback, and that quarterback's name is Zach Wilson. You see the stats, right? 355 yards, two touchdowns. That's pretty good, like, pretty great, to be honest, but less than a 50% completion percentage. Three interceptions. interceptions. They have two decent running backs and Michael Carter and then who they literally just traded for, James Robinson. They both had 12 carries in total. Garrett Wilson had a pretty good day. Tyler Conklin had two touchdowns. And then other than that, I mean, Elijah Moore still not playing for them. And then, yeah, they literally lost this game because of Zach Wilson. I mean, he... I, I went back and rewatched it. Got to do for all the games. And then he just missed so many fucking throws, man. Especially in the first quarter on the first couple drives. When the Jets looked like they were moving the ball a little bit. And then he just clearly fucking misses the wide open receivers, man. And then it's it's like... Um, the, the football comes out of his hands like at some time so beautiful like he throws a perfect spiral to some guy and then you're like damn that's a fucking good ass pass and then you see him just throw fucking three interceptions like uh, yes, Zach Wilson just ain't looking too good right now for the Jets their defense did eh, alright because you know you gave up 22 points it's like eh, it's alright their defense is still pretty good, in my opinion. Sauce Gardner, obviously, still amazing. Mac Jones, I mean, just horrible as well. He had under 200 yards on pick. 
one touchdown. Ramondre Stevenson, I'm assuming, is just their number one running back now. Him and Harris both had decent days morally. Ramondre Stevenson having a better day because he also just led the team in receiving as well. Jacoby Myers had a touchdown. So that was it for the Patriots offense. And then, because they just fucking kicked field goals after that. And then, yeah, I mean, shout out to their defense because you had three picks on Zach Wilson, one one by Jawan Bentley, and then two from Devin McCourty. So great job to the Patriots defense. You still own the Jets, and yeah, you can brag about that. Man, this is... (laughs) This is, can you admit this is like the worst game of quarterback play? Probably the season, yeah. Where like Mac Jones like like is so goofy that like he literally like just threw it to like straight to the linebacker. Wait, right, he was linebacker. I'm pretty sure it was linebacker. Straight to the linebacker, like like it was his fucking receiver. Yeah. Like <laughs> that was so funny. It reminded me of like the of, like the Nick Mullins interception. Like yeah, but. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. But like, <laughs> oh my god, but like, Mac Jones did not play good, like, even though they won, but they did not play good. Like, it was just a shit show from him, even though the stats say he had a decent game, it was shit. Marjorie Stevens had a decent game, and uh, had a decent game rushing, and a decent game receiving, so I'm guessing I'm going to say he did pretty good. Jacoby Myers got 60 yards and a touchdown, and then for the Patriots defense, he held them to 17. He got three interceptions, two from McCordy and one from Juwan Bentley, which is pretty good. And also, oh my god, I forgot about Johnny Smith was on this team. Yeah. I fucking forgot. Oh, bro, you fell off the face of the planet, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Hunter Henry is just a number one tight end. It's like close. I remember he made that one amazing catch against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Like, anyway. But anyway, um, but the page, but the Patriots defense, like, they forced a lot of numbers and they, they held the 17 points, which is pretty good. But it's kept it close. So, but you still say they did pretty good Patriots defense. And then Zach for the Jets. Zach Wilson played like a fucking bust. He, he played, he, he like, like, probably. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was trying to come up with something, but uh, on the spot, but I couldn't buy it anyway. Um, Zach Wilson not played good as well. He was making some. He was he was doing some goofy ass throws. Like he was making. He was like trying to do those plays that you do in BYU, but he re- but he actually realizes it's not college anymore. <laughs> he's like completely just throws it up and just completely just and just like misses the receiver it's just really bad like Zach Wilson it's just like is playing pretty bad and the Jets can't can't bench him because why would you it's just like they're they're all around in the loser situation at the quarterback at the quarterback position and then for rush, rushing it was not good James Robinson I think was did he I think he was the backup this game right yeah, probably because, you know, he still needs time to win that playbook and shit. Yeah, and then receiving Garrett Wilson had an amazing game that was at 15 yards. Tally Conklin had an amazing game at, at 80 yards, two touchdowns, and then Denzel Mims for once showed he actually has some promise. And then <laughs> and then CJ Mosley had 13 tackles, is that correct? Um... I'm sorry. Uh, yes, he did. And then, who is it? Michael Carter, the seconds. 
Yeah, they're uh, safety. Yeah, but they have two Michael Carters on the same team, bro. Oh, uh-huh. no, that's Michael Cater. Wait, no, that's Michael No, no, no. No, yeah, they have two Michael Carters, yeah. Wait, so why the fuck does it say it's Michael Cater, but, like, when I click on the name, it just says Michael Carters. This is this is some weird shit, but anyway, you, you got an interception, but but other than that, like they did like, <laughs> um, he did they the just even and they did okay, but like yeah, what the fuck? Why they why why do they have fucking Braxton Berrios shut up on defense? <laughs> he probably had a tackle on special teams or some shit. Yeah, probably, I think he did. No, he didn't actually. He didn't do anything. <laughs> I had no fucking Anyway, this is this was a bad loss for the Jets, you know, because they're trying to compete. They're in a playoff spot right now, and you know they need this win and to assert themselves in the in the division. And they fucking lost. So yeah, this is a bad game all around for the Jets and a good win for the Patriots. Yep, everyone in that division is five hundred or better, along with the NFC East. Speaking of the NFC East, we have the only undefeated team left in the Eagles who returned off their bye week and whooped their uh, state rivals' ass in the Pittsburgh Steelers in the Battle of Pennsylvania. And yeah, Philly, again, like how I said, whooped their ass. 35-13 to 13 over the Steelers. Kenny Pickett, uh, of course, he had an interception. Because he's Kenny Pickett, he sucks. Uh, under 200 yards, they held the passing game in check, like how the Eagles have been doing all year. The running game, I mean, like they still can't really stop the run too much. I mean, Jalen Warren, like, was able to do pretty good against them. Um, they held Najee in check, but again, I mean, Najee is bad. Like, I mean, I know his offensive line is shit and all that, but still, like, Najee has like no burst and shit at all. There was, like, this one play where he had a free first down, and then he literally gained no yards off that shit. But anyway, receiving-wise, Pat Fryer-Muth led him with 57, and Derek, Derek Watt had a touchdown. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Kenny Pickett, two fumbles, lost one of them. Their defense, he gave up 35, fucking sucked had nearly 300 passengers and four touchdowns three of them to AJ Brown in the first half that is fucking crazy uh, he had over 150 yards oh my god and Miles Sanders did well running the ball and then the offensive line is incredible for them he had 80 yards and a touchdown all their points coming off touchdowns and yeah, the child third defense, CJ Gardner Johnson with the pick on Kenny Pickett. And then yeah, their defense just stepped up, but unfortunately had a huge loss in Jordan Davis, who they put on IR. But no, nah, this is a great win for the Eagles. Um, they stay undefeated and uh, sit up top the NFC. So. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't know, man. But like, anyway, the, I don't know. The Eagles, they whooped that we whooped the Steelers' ass because we are the better team in Pennsylvania. We always have been. But anyway, um, Jalen Hurts played a pretty good game. Four touchdowns, amazing stuff from him. Miles, we didn't try to run the ball that much, but when we did, but when we did, Miles and he said great. Besides, but and then and then besides him, they, yeah, it was just bad. <laughs> um, and then wait, what? 
You know, I was going to say, yeah, that was all. It was just Miles Sanders. And then Boston's got to shit this other game. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, okay, but. AJ Brown's amazing game. I'm fucking amazing, amazing stuff from, from AJ Brown. 156 yards, three touchdowns, making some great catches. Amazing stuff from there. Then Zach Pascal got literally a, the freest touchdown of, of, I've ever seen. Like, you saw that, right? <laughs> yep. That was like the fucking freest touchdown I've ever seen in my fucking life. Like, I, don't, I don't know. And then for the Eagles defense, we did pretty good. You know, we, we got some pressure. J- Javon Hargrave got a sack, and CJ Gardner Johnson has got one, and Milton Williams, and all those people. But it did come at the cost of Jordan Dale, so he's going to be out for which uh, the high ankle sprain. I think, I think, I think, I think, I'm, I'm just from, I think, yeah. What is yeah, it's a six weeks, to me, but they put him on the IR for four weeks. So I'm guessing they intend it for him to return early. But um, yeah, big loss for the Eagles. You know, he's our run stuffer, and you know it's gonna make it harder for us to stop the run because we can't fucking do that because game sucks. And I hope he gets, and I hope he's a head coach so he can show how fucking stupid a team is. <laughs> like, like, like honestly, the Texans would hire him. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fucking Raiders. Uh, I don't know, but anyway. Um, and then for the Steelers side, can you pick it? There was a pick because his Lily's last name, ha- you can't spell pick it without the pick. You're right. Yeah, but anyway. But he sucks anyway. I say he sucks. He always sucked. His- Why- oh, yeah. And also Chase Claypool threw for a touchdown because they did a trick play because he can- couldn't fucking score. And then and then for rushing, they- they was- it-, it worked. It worked. Anyway, and then for receiving, nothing happened really. Like I remember Trace Claypool, he had three touchdowns against, against us when we last played. And then he sucked this game, and then and then the Steelers defense did fucking awful, like fucking awful. Like they couldn't do anything. Eagles, Eagles offensive line was holding that shit. It was holding their defensive line down. Cameron Hayward didn't do anything. And yeah, I'm, I don't know. I sound depressed when I'm saying this, but I'm I don't know. I'm, I'm tired. That's why. But yeah, um, what? I don't know. What I was gonna say, oh, well. But but anyway, can we play more Nicobe Dean? That's literally all I want at this point. I want to see more Nicobe Dean. But anyway, like, but anyway, let's move on. That's a good one. All right, moving on. We have a AFC South matchup between the Titans and the Texans, which the Titans won seventeen and ten in a close defensive game. Over the Texans, it was scoreless after the first, and then the Titans scoring in the second and the third, and then the Texans almost made it a game at the end of the fourth, but fell short because Malik Willis got his first start as the Titans quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, was dealing with an illness and like some ankle problem, so he didn't even travel with the team, so Malik Willis was the starting quarterback, and he, I mean, he was so bad. <laughs> he was so bad passing, man. He had an interception. Like he only had like fifty something yards. I'm literally looking at the stats, and it's literally not showing up for me, so I can't really tell. But I'm pretty sure he only had like fifty or sixty uh, fucking passing yards in an interception. Because all they did was run the ball with King Henry. Derrick Henry had over thirty carries, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. As he continues to have his 200-yard games over the Texans, he has he's had like four straight against the Texans, which is fucking crazy. 
I mean, Robert Woods led him in receiving with 26. <laughs> That's it. That was their fucking receiving game. Christian Fulton had the pick on Malik Willis. And Titans defense, he did great. Holding the Texans to 10 points, three through three quarters. But again, it's the Texans, so whatever. And then Davis Mills, he had just above 150 passing yards, one touchdown, one pick. What the fuck? Did they not run the ball with fucking Damian Pierce? Wait, why? I mean, I'm literally looking at the stat. Did they not fucking run with Damian Pierce once? No, no, they did. Oh, for me, it wasn't showing. It's 15 shit. and 35, so, so it's basically nothing. Alright, so he ran for fucking nothing. Brandon Cooks led him with seven yards. And yeah, that was it. Cause wait, hold, 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 hold. Why the fuck did Rex Burke throw a pass? I did not know. <laughs> it was an incompletion, anyway. So yeah, Steven Nelson had the pick on Malik Willis, and then defensively, I mean, you could not stop Derrick Henry, and that was all that they did. Their game plan was to run with Derrick Henry. That's what they did. And- couldn't stop it. Like, 17 points, cool. You only held him to 17, but yet you let Derrick Henry run on for 200 yards to get you for, like, the fourth straight time. <laughs> oh, man. Just, like, you know, like, the Titans, you know, like, always oh, South cold, so I'm, I'm, I'm stupid, but anyway. Um, Malik Willis, you know, they didn't try to throw, throw, they didn't try to, like, do too much to them, but when he did, it wasn't that good, to be honest, but, you know, he's still a very, 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 very raw prospect, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was waiting for you to say something. Anyway, but Derrick Henry had totally shit. <laughs> oh, my God. Just exquisite running from Derrick Henry. 219 yards, two touchdowns. Then who is this guy? Dontrell Hilliard also got 83 yards. And then it's just one, probably the best game I've ever seen from Derrick Henry. I just I don't know. They didn't try to, as I said, they didn't try to pass the ball. So why should I even look at him? And then the Colts defense, shut up. The Titans defense, um, they're pretty good. Christian Fulton got an interception, and they held the Texans 10 points. But it's the Texans, so I don't know if it's really that good. And then for the Texans side, Davis Mills played like Davis Mills. What? Oh, I thought I saw something. But anyway, um, but anyway, Davis Mills played like Davis Mills, and then Damian Pierce had a bad game for once, and then Brandon Cooks, who almost got traded, had had a decent game as well. And then, then Texans defense did pretty good because you held them to 17 points and kept them in the game. Steven Nelson got a pick as well. Like that's some pretty good stuff from the Texans defense, in my opinion. They kept him in the, in the game, but Davis Mills couldn't fucking do it because he's Davis Mills. Yeah, but speaking of the Colts, as you mentioned them like twice. Uh, let's go to their game with the Commanders, where the Commanders won 17-16 to improve to a 500 record. That's crazy. They've won three straight. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, everyone in the NFC East is now 500 or better. That is fucking crazy. But, yeah, anyway, for Washington, Taylor Heineke, another start because Wentz is out. He had almost 300 yards, one touchdown, one pick. 
He led the team in rushing as well. He had a rushing touchdown, so overall he played pretty well. Terry McLaurin had that huge fucking catch at the end. Went over 100. Antonio Gibson had a pretty good day receiving-wise, at least. He had a touchdown receiving. Defense, he played well against Sam Ellinger, making his debut and first start in the NFL for the Colts because they benched Matt Ryan and Sam Ellinger didn't, and he was bad. Like, I mean, throwing-wise, he 200 yards. Jonathan Taylor still almost averaging five yards per carry, but again, got injured. Nagin Hines had one rushing touchdown, and that was literally it for them because they just kicked field goals since then. Jonathan Taylor and Sam Ellinger both had the fumble. Sam Ellinger is the crucial part where they were literally about to score. Shaq Leonard returned for them in this game and literally got an interception on Heineke. And then their defense, I mean, he played like decent. I mean, like 17 points is eh, whatever. But, you know, giving up 10 in the fourth quarter and then the final drive, giving up that huge play on Stephon Gilmore as well. Terry McLaurin made that crazy catch over Stephon Gilmore. So, yeah, not, not acceptable there. But it was a nice return for Shaquille Leonard where he got an interception. And, yeah, I mean, overall, this is boring. I wa- I was really excited to see it because I wanted to see how Sam Ellinger did. And he really just didn't do anything. And then he fumbled in a really crucial part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Why is it called again? The, the Commanders, you know, they got their third consecutive win under Heineke. Well, I don't know if that's dry or whatever. I'll go with it. Heineke, under Heineke. And he had a decent game, you know. He had touchdown, you know, like almost 30 yards. I think he had a decent game. And then you know, rushing was just, you know, what the hell is this? What the hell happened, man? Curtis Samuel, I don't know. But, but anyway, fucking rushing was terrible and, and for for that for the commanders. And the, uh, Heineke got a touchdown. Terry McCoy had a, had a great game. Made the big catch against Stephon Gilmore to give them the, the win. And <clears throat> that's really it, to be honest. And Tony Gibson got a touchdown, so he actually got them playing time once. And then for the for watching defense, you did pretty good because you held the Colts to 16 points. That's a pretty good pretty good day for you guys. And no one got a pick from them, so that's whatever. And then for the Colts, for the debuting Sam Ellinger, he played not bad. He played bad, but he played mostly bad. But the stats show he actually had probably had a decent game at most, at, at most. But like anyway, at more mediocre at most. That's what I mean. But like anyway, Sam Ellinger did bad. And then for the rushing, Jonathan Taylor had seventy six yards. He's not playing like the Jonathan Taylor that we saw last year. Remember that? <laughs> mm-hmm. Or someone called him the best running back, not you, but Marco. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then and, and yeah, and then for the receiving, that Alec yeah Alec Pierce led, led the team receiver with sixty-five yards, a decent game, and then nothing doesn't really no, notable to mention for the receiving, and then for the defense, he did pretty good because you held because you got them to less than twenty points, but you fucking lost in the game. So 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 other than, other than that one big play, you guys fucking lost in the game. You could got them in position, kept them in the game, but when it was clutch, you lost in the game. So it's it sucks, but it's whatever. Also, now you might have got a touchdown. I forgot to mention that. But um, 
But yeah, I, I, but yeah, the commanders got really lucky with this one because Stefan Gilmore was like, he was in, definitely in position for it, but like McLaurin got the big catch. But it, it was that, that was just a wild, like a kind of like a wild play out there. But like they got, they got, commanders got a lucky win and they got it. They got a Mickey win. <laughs> yeah, and again, everyone else in that division, 500 or better. But moving on to what was Fox's game of the week between the 49ers and the Rams. NFC West matchup, and the 49ers absolutely whooped the Rams' ass 31-14. And we can say solely off their defense, just how great it is, and Christian McCaffrey. (laughs) Christian McCaffrey went back to fucking 2019 Christian McCaffrey, where he had 2,000 total yards. And, I mean, it almost felt like he had that in this fucking game. I mean, he was everywhere for the fucking 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, and, like, he did really well as well. He only had four incompletions, over 200 yards, two touchdowns. And then Christian McCaffrey on that crazy trick play to where they scored their first touchdown. McCaffrey threw it 30-something yards to Brandon Ayuk, who led him in receiving. And then rushing, Chris McCaffrey also had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. And a receiving touchdown. I mean, crazy shit from Christian McCaffrey. I think he's only, like, the third person to ever do that. I think I think the other was, like, LT and Walter Payton. Like, some shit like that. Crazy stuff from McCaffrey this game. I mean, I think he had literally over, like, 200 total yards, I'm pretty sure. And then, yeah, like I said, Ayuk, the touchdown where he was wide open. McCaffrey won, which was a really good pass from Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll admit. And then George Kittle with the other. And then shout out to their defense as you held the Super Bowl champs to 14 points. I mean, we all know the Rams aren't looking like the Rams from last year. But still, 14 points on the defending Super Bowl champs is pretty good nonetheless. Speaking of the Rams, Stafford had less than 200 yards, one touchdown. They did not run the ball. Their leading rusher was a guy named Ronnie Rivers, whoever the fuck that is. (laughs) And then Cooper Cup, he had a pretty decent day because it's Cooper Cup. He's incredible. But unfortunately, he got injured. But I think he is going to play against the Bucks this Sunday. But it did not look good at first. I was pretty scared because uh, you know Cooper Cup's a really good player and shit. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. So yeah, Cooper Cup. He uh, I don't know why he was still in with like no time left, but is what it is. And then defense for the Rams, you were doing like pretty well in the first half. And then in the second half, you just let 21 unanswered happen. So, yeah, I mean, you're literally up at halftime, 14-10, and then you fucking let up 21 unanswered to lose 31-14, as nobody on that fucking team could do anything besides Leonard Floyd. <laughs> Man, like, the 49ers own the Rams, except for when it matters the most for some reason. But anyway, um, but anyway, Jimmy Garoppolo for once it did not fucking cost him the game. He actually had a pretty good game as well. Two touch, two touchdowns. McCaffrey threw for a touchdown, and then McCaffrey rushed for a touchdown and had a good game rushing, and also had a receiving touchdown, bro. Oh my god, McCaffrey is just insane. Like he's just insane, man. He's just like, who is this? Ross Dwelly. 
who the fuck? <laughs> Ross Dwelly almost led the team, almost led their team in, in receiving yards. But anyway, Ayuk got touchdowns as well. McCaffrey got one as well, and Kittle got one as well. For got, got touchdowns. And then the defense did pretty good. He held, he held the Rams 14 points. That's pretty good for them. And then for the Rams, Stafford played bad even though he threw touchdown. And then Ronnie Rivers, a fucking name. <laughs> Never heard of the fucking guy before this game. <laughs> that fucking name, Ronnie Rivers. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Ronnie Rivers, Ronnie Rivers, the living legend himself, got like got 21 yards and have it, they they couldn't run at all. And then for receiving, Cooper Cup got a touchdown, was 80 yards, and got injured. And uh, yeah, nothing really else to mention. And then the fucking Rams defense sucked. They fucking sucked. Like, they allowed 31 points against the fucking 49ers. It's just all-around bad stuff. And and you cannot allow that when, you, when you're when you're defending Super Bowl champions. And right now, they're under a Super Bowl hangover. But yeah, the 49ers clearly own the Rams, except, except for when it matters the most. Anyway, moving on to the fraudulent New York Giants. Finally, their asses were exposed against the Seahawks. And damn. All right. It's time to admit this, at least for me. Like, damn, Pete Carroll's doing a damn good job with these Seahawks. Holy shit. I was an advocate that he should have been fired a long time ago. And he's having the Seahawks at a 5-3 and three record right now with Geno Smith as an MVP candidate. <laughs> And up top in the NFC West, which we thought was going to be the best division in football, as many people did. But yeah, anyway, the Seahawks won 7-13 over the Giants. And it was really a close game, mostly throughout. I mean, it was 13-10 and going into the fourth. And then <laughs> that's where the Seahawks took over in the fourth quarter, scoring 14 to the Giants 3 Daniel Jones played like Daniel Jones, finally. Fucking, finally, he had a bad game where he's looking like the Daniel Jones that we all know and love. Saquon Barkley had a terrible game rushing, even though he did find the end zone once. But yeah, again, he was terrible. That was the only touchdown that the Giants had on the day. So shout out to the Seahawks defense. Richie James fumbled twice on fucking punt returns. Uh, I'm both. He was just, I don't know how the fuck he fumbled him. Butterfingers. But yeah, their defense, I mean, again, wasn't doing too bad. It was keeping them in the game. I thought it was going to fucking happen again where they were going to take off in the fourth quarter and win the fucking game. But they did. It was the exact opposite, man. Their offense couldn't do shit in the fourth quarter. And then their defense gave up 14 in the fourth quarter to the Seahawks, and that's how they won this game. Speaking of the Seahawks, oh, yeah, Leonard Williams finally got his first sack on the year. And then, yeah, Geno, just over 200 yards, two touchdowns. You know, he did all right. Um, I don't know why I can't see Kenneth Walker's rushing yards, but I imagine he had a pretty decent day. Tyler Lockett and DK both found the end zone once. And then, uh, oh, yeah, Tyler Lockett had that crucial fumble, uh, which led to the Saquon Barkley touchdown. 
yeah, that was it for him. And then the defense again, like I said, props to you. He gave up only 13 to the Giants, held Saquon in check, and he made Daniel Jones look. Daniel Jones, we all know and love. Man, like, this is honestly like an exciting game, and you, you can hear me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I was, I was trying to make sure. Anyway, um, d- anyway, um, this is a, a close game. You know? I don't be honest. It's like one of the few times it was a low screen game that I was actually kind of invested. And like Daniel Jones, like if you like, he was kind of looking like he was gonna have a Justin Fields type game, but then he threw for 176 yards, and that doesn't qualify for that. So anyway, Daniel Jones played bad. He didn't do anything, he, any anything for the game. And then for the rushing for the Giants, Saquon had a touchdown, but he did bad. And then Darius Slade led, led their team in receiving with 66. And then for the Seahawks, I don't know, it's the Seahawks. Giants defense, he did well for most of the game, except for like the fourth point when he allowed 14 unanswered to, to seal the game for the Seahawks. But and he, he kept him, he kept him close. So I'll, I'll say he did decent. They're still good defense. And then for the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith. My God, two touchdowns. Well, he didn't play that good, but, like, you know what I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, he did all right. Well, yeah, then Kevin Walker, like, got 50 yards and a touchdown. And, and, well, yeah, okay, yeah. And then Tyler Lockett got 63 yards and, and a touchdown. He dropped one earlier, and then D came back up, got a touchdown, and made it and made it a made it a hundred, hundred, two hundred IQ play. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marquis Goodwin, oh, he's still in the league. <laughs> and and then uh, yeah, and then is that Michael Jackson? Yeah, Michael Jackson. Yeah, not not the Mike Jackson we're talking about, by the way. If you're confused, but like anyway, but um, but yeah, Seattle defense—he did pretty good. You held the Giants in check for most of the game. You got them 13 points. You stopped the rushing game from Daniel and Saquon, so that's pretty good for you guys. And the Seahawks defense did amazing. Great coaching from from Pete Carroll, just amazing stuff from him. Like I think I think it's either him, I think it's between him or Dave, like like Pete Carroll, Brian Dale for coach of the year right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I honest to give it to Pete Carroll? Dude, I did not expect to see how staff five wins. They already have more wins than I predicted in that. But anyway, let's move on to the primetime games. First off, for Sunday night between the Packers and the Bills, we all expected a blowout, and it really wasn't that. I mean, like, the Bills were winning the majority of the game, and then the Packers scored a touchdown at the end. Like, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, 27-17, to 17, the Bills won over the Packers. Aaron Rodgers played horrible. <laughs> yeah, two touchdowns, whatever. I mean, he had a terrible interception that was tipped up in the air, and then it was intercepted. And another one called back where Matt Milano, it hit the ground. Yeah, anyway, Aaron Rodgers played pretty bad. He had 203 yards because Aaron Jones, finally, they fucking ran the fucking ball with these two. I mean, Aaron Jones had 143 rushing yards. He played great. Dylan played pretty good as well in his rushing attempts. Tunyon led him in yards, and then that that's really it for them. And then Rasul Douglas and Jair both had an interception because, yeah, Josh Allen threw two interceptions, two bad ones as well, to be honest. 
because he just didn't do shit. Like, the Bills' offense was not the best in this game. And, again, it's because, you know, they weren't on the field as much. But still, I mean, while they were on the field, besides early in the game, I mean, I mean, you know, honestly, besides Stephon Diggs, because Stephon Diggs went over 100 and had a touchdown. But Josh Allen, like, he only had 13 completions, just barely over 200 yards. Again, one touchdown to Diggs, and then one to, I believe it was... Sorry, looking at it. Uh, yeah, Dawson Knox. Uh, rushing Josh Allen at 50 as well to go along with Singletary 67. And then, yeah, like I said, Stephon Diggs, over 100 yards, was mainly the focal point of the offense. Shout out to their defense, Matt Milano again. Maybe could have had two interceptions, but one of them hit the ground. And then, yeah, had the one on the tip pass from Aaron Rodgers. So, Great job, Tremaine Edmonds at 13 tackles, my God. And then, yeah, they were able to get pressure on Aaron Rodgers this whole game, and that's how they won this game from their defense, just shutting down the Packers. <laughs> Man, I, just, I thought I, I was a little bit higher on the game than most people. Like, when you got him, I don't know. But anyway, was this kind of like this is kind of like a lower game scoring that I was expecting. I think you could agree with that. Yeah. But, like, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he had, like... Okay, I thought I heard something, but anyway. Um, Aaron Rodgers, you know, had a... Had a... I'll say he had a decent game. I'll be, I'll be nice to him. And then... Oh, my God. And then Aaron Jones got 143 yards. 143 yards. They finally fucking run the ball. And look, it works, Packers... It works, Matt LaFleur. Thank God you actually listen. Romeo Dubs got an amazing touchdown grab. Like, you saw that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then who is this? Samori Tor. <laughs> um, this is some weird names, but anyway. And, and Samori Tori, I think, I don't know how you say that last name, but like, got a touchdown as well on a long pass. But yeah, I don't know. But, but yeah, those are for noticeable, noticeable ones receiving, and then for the defense, you know, if you know, if we're holding the Bills under thirty, I'll say did, I'll say did okay. Russell Douglas and Jair Alexander got picked, and Jair was also talking shit to Stevon Diggs before the game. And then, and then for the Bills, Josh Allen, he had a, he had a quite a, a bad game in my opinion. Like, a, like two interceptions, two touchdowns. Like not the Josh Allen game that we thought. And then Devin Singletary basically got 70, 70 yards. And then Stephon Diggs had an amazing game, hundred yards and a touchdown. And then Bills, you had in the Bills defense, you held the Packers to less than twenty points. You got an interception that Mulano. That's he did pretty good, you know. That that's, I'd say that Bills defense was probably the main reason why they won the game, which is kind of shocking. You would, you you would think it would be the Bills offense, but yeah, but yeah, it's a good good win for the Bills because they're the number one seed, I believe. Yes, in the AFC. Yeah, the number one seed in the AFC has at the time of recording this, and and they're and they're continuing to show why. Yep. Next up for our final game on Monday Night Football between the Bengals and the Browns on Halloween, 
And the Browns continue to own the Bengals. Yeah, the Browns owning anybody is fucking crazy. But yeah, they own the Bengals and improve to three and five as they kick the Bengals' ass. I mean, the Bengals scored 13 in the fourth quarter where it was destruction. I mean, they were at one point up 25 nothing. Uh, and then they still won by fucking 19. So it was a great game from the Browns. Their offense. I mean, just fucking was incredible. Jacoby Brissett played well. Amari Cooper had one of the worst throws I've ever seen in my fucking life. Just straight interception to, uh, I forgot who fucking intercepted it. It was uh, Von Bell, that's right. Von Bell, who's been playing really well for the Bengals. But yeah, Amari Cooper, horrible pass on a busted play. Nick Chubb proving why he's still the best in the league. Nearly 25 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Jacoby Brissett even ran for one, which he died for. That was pretty cool. And then Amari Cooper went off. He had 131 receiving yards, a touchdown. Great job from him. And then A.J. Green with the pick on Joe Burrow. Miles Garrett and just their defense and, and their defensive line was just getting to Joe Burrow all fucking day long. And, you know, shout out to Sione Takitaki. You had a pretty good game. Deion Jones made his debut. Did pretty decent as well. But for the Bengals, who got their ass kicked, you know, they were held scoreless through three quarters. And then they scored 13, finally. And the fucking fourth, Joe Burrow had two touchdowns, one pick. He played pretty bad. I mean, T. Higgins was their leading receiver, and he only had, no one had over 50 yards. T. Higgins had one of the touchdowns, and a crazy-ass catch, by the way. Like, he just went up and fucking got that shit over the DB. And Tyler Boyd had the other. Joe Mixon still cannot get anything rushing. I mean, it's just really bad. Their offensive line is really bad. But yeah, anyway, Joe Burrow won fumble as well. And then, like I said, Von Bell with the interception, which was basically a fucking gimme. But Mark Cooper just threw right to him. And then, yeah, uh, great job from the Browns defense, but not from the Bengals defense because you allowed Nick Chubb to run all over you and Jacoby Brissett to pass all over you because Mark Cooper just went off as well. So, all around, horrible job by the Bengals, and the Browns continue to own your ass. <laughs> also, check time really quick. Yeah, we, we still have some. We can probably do the predictions, and then we'll make a... We'll continue it. Okay, okay thank you. Um, the I told you, Adam, the Mickey Bengals are right here. <laughs> Joe Burrow, after coming off one of the best games I've ever seen from him, he didn't play too badly, but you should have saw. Actually, no, he played badly most of the game. It was just like it was garbage time, in my opinion. Right? Yes, yes, it was. Like he was bad. Yeah, like I was about to say, like what the fuck with my high. <laughs> but anyway, um, but anyway, Joe Mixon. Oh, oh my God! They didn't try to run. <laughs> I know. I don't know what, okay, what the hell? Okay, but anyway, T. Higgins got 50 yards to the touchdown, and then Tyler Boyd got the second touchdown, and then the defense should not be fucking mentioned besides Von Billion, exactly. So you're cool, but like, um, they're terrible. And then for the Browns, Jacoby Brissett did amazing, probably the best name we've ever seen from Jacoby Brissett, to be honest. And Mark Bird tried to throw a pass, and it got picked off. 
anyway. Um, Nick Chubb had 100, had 100 yards, two touchdowns, and then is that wait is that that's near okay, yeah. So I was trying to make sure, but anyway, um, Mari Cooper had an amazing game, 131 yards, a touchdown. DPJ got 80 yards, and then for the Browns defense, did pretty good, like holding the holding the holding the Mickey Bengals to 13 points. So it's good for them. AJ Green got a pick, and then yeah. It's pretty good for them. Like their best, probably their best, yeah, definitely their best win ever over the Mickey Bengals. Ever, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, that does it for week eight. Let's give our week nine predictions, and then we can go ahead and uh, continue what we need to talk about. Anyway, so week nine starts on Thursday night football on Prime. Video with damn, I wonder who's gonna win this game. The Eagles and the Texans coming up first. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles and I'm going to lock them. I'm going with the Eagles and I'm going to lock them as well. And also, they also they they have the funniest <laughs> prime video. Like, um, oh <laughs> shit, that's right. <laughs> yeah, Davis Mills smiling and shit, doing the fucking smile. Anyway, moving on, uh, we only have uh, two late games, but first, the early game schedule. First up is the Chargers and the Falcons. Wow, such might be a decent game here. I'm going to take the Chargers, but I'm expecting a pretty decent game. It's Herbert's playing, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm going to take slightly the Chargers. Next up, we got the Dolphins and the Bears. I don't think this one will be close. I'll take the Dolphins. I'm going to take the Dolphins as well. Next up, the Panthers and the Bengals. And I will take the Bengals and my second lock. If the the Bengals lose, man, I'm going to take the Bengals as well. Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. I've learned to not use my locks on the Packers. And they're playing the Lions. Knowing their ass, they're probably going to lose this game. They've lost four in a row. And they're playing the Lions. Um, I, I really don't want to. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers, but I'm not fucking locking their ass. Fuck them. Yeah, I'm going to do the Packers as well, but why are you so mad? Because they're dumbasses and messed up my pick. Anyway, Raiders, Jags next. Wow, fuck, this game's gonna be really bad. <laughs> um, give me the Jags because they're at home. I'll do the Jags as well, and also Adam. The Packers are they're doing their best, man. They're doing their best. So fuck them, no, they're not. Anyway, uh, next up is Sam Ellinger and the Colts going to Foxborough to play the Patriots. And I think just because that, just because they're going to Foxborough, I'm gonna take the Patriots. We'll take the pass as well. Alright, next up we got the first matchup between the Bills and the Jets. At least I'm pretty sure it is. Um, so yeah, it is in New York and MetLife. Uh, I will take the Bills, but I'm expecting a close game actually. I'm gonna lock the Bills. Alright. And next up, we got the Vikings and Commanders. I will take the Vikings in the final early. I'm going to take the Vikings as well. 
Mm-hmm. And now to the two late game schedules, because there's only two fucking games in the late games. First up is the Seahawks and the Cardinals in their second meeting. Seahawks won the first one. Now this one's in Arizona, where the Cardinals have a worse record. So I'm going to take the Seahawks again. Yeah, I'm going to take the Seahawks as well. And then on Rams and the Bucks in the final late game. Uh, oh my god. Rams, Bucks. Who would have thought this game wouldn't be as entertaining than the Seahawks Cardinals earlier in the year? But anyway, I'm going to take the Bucks actually because they're at home. I'm going to say they bounce back off I'm gonna that take, loss. I'm going to take the Bucks as well. Alright, and now for the primetime games first on Sunday night between the Titans and the Chiefs, both 5-2 and two teams. I'm expecting a pretty good game here, but I'm going to take KC there at home. Give me KC. Yeah, I'm going to take the, the Chiefs as well. And then on Monday, because shoot, I didn't realize we were running out of time that fucking fast. Okay, um, on Monday is the Ravens and the Saints. I will not use my final, I mean, not use another lock and stay with two only. I'm going to take the Ravens. I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Okay, that is it for week nine predictions. Now we're going to stop here and quickly... Um, get back in the thing so we can finish recording the other part of this. Yeah. And we're back! Yes, we fucking are. We are back with the remainder of the episode. <laughs> Yeah. So next up, I believe we have to talk about the NBA for the first time since the season kicked off. And that is breaking news that Steve Nash is no longer the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, fucking finally, and has been relieved of his duties after a two and five start from the team. What are your thoughts about that? This is a well-deserved firing because Steve Nash did not know what he was doing. He's not a good coach. He was only he was only there because KD liked him. That's really it. Because KD was really was really the GM of, of, of the Nets. It was not Sean Marks. It was it was KD and Kyrie. And he did not do good. They could have got and he could not lead them to the past the second round of the playoffs, just like the Sixers. And just and just they couldn't and when okay hold on and like when they had the like their pieces they couldn't get them to work together it's just frustrating because like yeah Katie and Kyrie that should be like almost enough to like at least get past the second round but like anyway but yeah Steve Nash deserved to be fired and and they said it was a mutual agreement but I don't but I don't know but and they're now gonna most likely gonna bring in the suspended Celtics coach Ime Udoka Yes. But they're... Hold on, sorry, go. I was just going to say, yes, they are. Uh, and their interim coach for, I guess, the rest of the season is going to be Jock Vaughn, who is also the former Nets and Magic coach, if I'm correct. Oh, shit. I don't remember. Didn't you tell them that Jock Vaughn was going to be, like, coach? 
Yeah, he is. Wait, so what, so what do you mean? I'm trying to remember what... Yeah, you're right. It was the Magic. And then he was with the Spurs. He was an assistant with the Spurs. Yeah, but anyway. But yeah, I, I kind of like that because like, you need someone with NBA, a veteran NBA experience. He was also a former player. So I like the, I like the interim coach hiring and... And Ime Yudoka has some stuff around him with inappropriately messaging women. So that's just not some good stuff right there. But it's allegedly, alleged, all right? All right? It's alleged, all right? I, 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 Adam, I, I. So we're not saying he did it, but it's allegedly, like, he allegedly sent inappropriate messages to Celtics female employees. But we know he did something wrong because the Celtics just want to get rid of him. But yeah, anyway, yeah, Steve Nash out as the Nets head coach. This was long overdue. I mean, you have KD who's averaging 32 and Kyrie's averaging 30. They're both averaging over 30 and they're 2-5. and five. How the fuck is that? Well, one, their depth. They have no depth at all. Ben Simmons is so bad <laughs> he's so bad defensively I mean he's leading the team in assists whoopty fucking do I mean he's averaging more assists than points per game I mean that is what Ben Simmons has come to right now so I mean looking like Ben Simmons is gonna work out but yeah, Steve Nash clearly didn't know what he was doing with the Nets I mean hell of a player two time MVP but I mean, as a coach, just, and, and, you know, yeah, you know, you saw the hiring, you're like, Steve Nash to the Nets, wow, you get to coach KD and Kyrie, and yeah, I mean, we all knew he was going to be like this, you and me both knew that this is overdue, I mean, he should have fired probably over a year ago, the one season where the Nets went to game seven against the Bucks, where KD's foot was on the line, and they arguably could have won that game and advanced to the next round. They did not. And it's just been all downhill for the Nets since then, whether it's, it was the Kyrie drama where he was almost traded in the South season, along with Kevin Durant, who asked for a trade, asked for their GM, Sean Marsh, to be fired along with Steve Nash. And that's crazy because literally, like, KD loves Steve Nash, and it's one of the reasons why he was brought here. So, yeah, he asked for them to, again, this is all like alleged stuff, but yeah, he asked for them to, to be fired. And then, yeah, so they mutually, like, agreed and talked everything over and just continued with the season. And now the Nets are two and five to start the year. And, yeah, it's just really bad stuff in them. But, yeah, Ime Udoka, the suspended Celtics coach, like how you said, probably going to be their next head coach. And that's crazy, man, because now he'll be able to coach the, the Nets uh, coming off of a finals appearance with the Boston Celtics, turning their season around. Where at one point they were the 11th seed in the East, one of the worst defensive teams, and then turned into the best defensive team in the league, turned into the number three or two seed, I believe, last year. And then again, reaching to the NBA Finals and coming two games short of winning the NBA Finals. And now he gets to coach KD and Kyrie. And that's one of the problems with the Nets is their defense, man. And now you get a guy who turned the Celtics defense into what it is right now. 
and then just all around great defenders like Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, guys like that on the Celtics. Maybe uh, see what you got with Claxton or any of these guys with the Nets. So you get to see what you have there, see how, uh, what he does with the Nets. Remember that the Celtics were barely a playoff team, and then he, they, he catapulted them into a top three seed. We'll see what he does with the Nets, see if he can do the same thing, and see if they can get these boys wanting to play together, man, because they do. They look really bad this year can so we just, far. Can we just talk about how like, Joe Sy like, tries to act like that way? Like, oh, he's like the victim and all this. Like, he doesn't want all this drama, but then he brings in fucking Ima Yudoka. Yeah. Like, come on, man. This is like. I, like. With how the Nets are playing right now, they're like Katie and Kyrie are scoring at. Scoring at. They're scoring at. at the score grades, even though the fucking Bulls locked down Kyrie, but. But, um. This is not historic rates right now, but Ben Simmons and the rest suck, so they can't win. They honestly should just cut their losses at like last year and just like just completely just blew up the team. Uh-huh. That's what they should have done. Like, gee, like they're not gonna win at this point. They're not gonna win with two aging stars who are still playing pretty good, but like they're gonna age pretty soon. And and when you have like no depth around them and no guys to like no guys to compliment them around them and, and they thought Ben Simmons could be that and he's clearly not being that because he can't like shoot anything he refuses to shoot anything even when it's wide open because it got so bad that that carry was like Ben shoot it Ben <laughs> and he keeps spending all the games and he sucks fuck Ben Simmons I it's clear it's clear that the fucking the, that's why I missed Dunk in that whole series for the Hawks still bothers him. Like, it, like, it still bothers him. It's like, it's just, he, like, just that, like, that man had so much talent. He just, like, didn't want to get better. Yeah, also, I feel like basketball isn't a type, uh, sorry, isn't a top priority for him. Yeah, and Ben Simmons like is is like it's gonna be cautionary tale of like why you should like never like you should never be content with what you are. Like you should always improve. That's what I mean. Like, but yeah, like fucking the Nets suck. They're gonna they're probably gonna make the playoffs still, but they're not gonna get first rounded out. And and yes, yeah, that's what I have to say. So yeah, anyway, like Udoka and Jack Vaughn, huh? yeah, most first guys. Now coming back, because remember Udoka was with the Nets before he got the Celtics coaching job. So yeah, I thought he should have been the head coach before Nash, but yeah, he's getting the job now anyway. So yeah, there is that of the NBA. But now, I guess the only thing left we have to talk about is the World Series that is going on so far. And holy shit, it's been a fucking World Series, man, so far between the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Phillies. This, right now, at the begin- at the time of this recording, the series is tied 2-2 after game four just happened in which we saw history as i'll get into that later but starting off in game one in minute maid park in houston the phillies took game one off a historic comeback 
After they were down 5 nothing, Kyle Tucker hit two home runs in his first two at-bats against Aaron Nola. And like I said, the Astros were up 5 nothing, and then Justin Verlander gave up five runs of his own. And it was 5-5 all the way. And two extra innings in the 10th where JT Realmuto hit a home run off the Astros starter in the bullpen, Luis Garcia, to give the Phillies the lead. And then eventually they would close the deal and win and steal game one to take a 1-0 lead in game two. The Astros won 5-2. It was mainly just, you know, they got to Zach Wheeler early in the first inning. It was 3-0. And then Bregman hit a home run over 400 feet to the fucking train tracks. I mean, it was 5-0 again. Fromber Valdez was on the mound for the Astros, and he gave them six innings, six and one-thirds, nine strikeouts, four hits, one earned run allowed. It was incredible stuff from him. He got a standing ovation from the crowd, as he should have. And then in the seventh and ninth, like, okay, the Phillies got two runs there, but it was just dominance from the Astros in game two. In game three, which was the first game in Philly since 2009, I believe. That is insane. And that crowd did not disappoint. The Phillies just took the lead early in the first and didn't look back. They won this game 7-0 as they got to the Astros starter Lance McCullers Jr. In this game, he only went four and one-thirds. He gave up six hits. Seven earned. He walked the guy and then only got five Ks. But, I mean, the Phillies became the first team in World Series history to hit five home runs in one game. Starting off with Bryce Harper in the first. Boom hit one in the second. Followed by Marsh. And then the fifth center field which is just fucking destroyed and then Reese Hoskins in the fifth as well right after him that is what knocked McCullers out of the game and then I mean like they only got one hit after that but I mean you're upset nothing I mean Ranger Schwartz gave him a fucking great game only three hits they only gave up five hits in total in this game it was just pure dominance from the Phillies and their whole fucking lineup where everyone was hidden and then shout out to their pitching as well, especially Ranger Soares and that bullpen. But now, game four just happened in Philly and the Astros won 5 nothing to tie the series at two games apiece. And, oh my god, ladies and gentlemen, we had history. The second World Series no-hitter ever. And it was done in a combined effort between Christian Javier, Brian Abreu, Rafael Montero, and Ryan Presley. As they went, and these four guys, no hits allowed. Shout out to Christian Javier. Six innings, no hits. Two walks and nine strikeouts on the Phillies. Abreu struck out the side, which was the middle of the heart, at the heart of the lineup. Ramuto, Harper, and Castellanos. 
and then Montero, uh, Christian, I'm sorry, Christian, uh, Kyle Tucker made a crazy catch that almost literally broke the no-hitter from Gene Segura in the eighth, and then Presley shut it down after he walked a guy, and then after he walked Schwarber, and then Hoskins uh, just, you know, grounded out, he flied out, that's right, and then JT Realmuto grounded out to end the game and officially marked the second no-hitter in World Series history. And man, this was fucking history, guys. Like, we saw history in this game. Second no-hitter ever. Pure dominance from the Ashes pitching. From their lineup, they got a lot of heart as well. Jose Altu... I mean, everyone... Everyone on this team hit besides Aledmiz Diaz, and that's because Aledmiz, he's Aledmiz Diaz, he sucks. But every, everyone had a hit, but then it was 0-0, still in the fifth, and then that's where Jordan Alvarez was hit by, his, by a pitch by Aaron Nola after he gave up three straight singles to Chaz McCormick, Jose Altuve, and Jeremy Pena. And then that would eventually knock out Aaron Nola, who was the starter for this game, and he only went four innings, gave up seven hits, and then eventually all three of his runners did end up scoring. Bregman, a huge hit off Jose Alvarado to make it 3 nothing, and then Kyle Tucker with the sack fly, and then Gurriel scored Bregman. That was it for scoring in this game. It was just in the fifth as the Astros scored five to make it 5 nothing over the Phillies and tie this series at two games apiece for Game 5 tomorrow, which I believe it should be Justin Verlander for the Astros against Noah Syndergaard of the Phillies. So it'll be a bullpen game for the Phillies, unless Syndergaard just absolutely fucking shoves. But yeah, the Astros putting their ace back on the mound in Justin Verlander and see how he does against the Philly crowd. It's going to be a great fucking game. Winner's going to have the advantage going back to Houston and Minute Maid for game six, which is actually on my birthday. That's fucking cool. I get a game on my birthday. But yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, series is tied 2-2. Uh, if you want to say anything, you can. I uh, know. Well, all right, man. I was just assuming because that's your team also in the World Series. But I can say really. You basically said everything. Uh, Yeah, it's gonna be a good game in Game Five. We're getting a good ass series from here now. Yeah, I guess that's all we have. Yeah, that's all we have, and this is the end of the show. It was a very good, very tiring episode. So I'm I'm John. And I'm Adam. This is Sports Season Podcast signing off.